Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. What's up, everyone? Freddy the Pizza Man here, host of the Pizza Man Podcast. Now joining forces with ChristopherMedia.net. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, the Pizza Man Podcast. And, of course, find all the podcasts on ChristopherMedia.net. We talk Detroit sports. I bring on guests, uh, passions, opinions, uh, all for Detroit sports, and more. We even talk pizza. So thanks for tuning in and uh, spread the word. From Asmacore Studios near Detroit, Michigan. It's unregimented. Gangsters, what's up, guys? And now, here are your hosts. Welcome back to Unregimented. This is episode number 243. My name is Aaron. I'm Rich. I'm Todd. Chris will not be joining us today. He is uh, hard at work doing what makes him money. So he'll be back with us next week. So let's get into this. Uh, You know, there's a lot that I want to talk about this week, but maybe we should just go straight to the most important issue of the week, which is Papa John's. What, we're not starting with Trump? (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Oh, we'll get there. (laughs) We'll get back around to that fool. But, okay, so... This week we saw, is it, it's actually the founder of, or did he start the company? Yes. It, yeah. it was, it's the guy that's on like all the football ads and stuff? Right. Is, yeah. it, is that who it was, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the, oh, same, wow. the same guy who, <laughs> what, he got a lot of backlash over, because uh, <laughs> he spoke out against the, the kneeling in the NFL, uh-huh. and then the alt-right decided that they were the official pizza of the alt-right, and he was like, uh, no, I don't want to be that either. Well, to be, to be fair, <laughs> what happened was is apparently he was asked about, because they were, they were the official pizza of the NFL. Right, and right. <clears throat> when all the people started saying, we're going to boycott the NFL, either because, of, because the players are kneeling and we don't support it, or we do support the players, so we're going to boycott the NFL, his sales took a hit, and the comment he made is, I think the NFL should have handled this situation before it got to this point, because now it's starting to affect viewership, and it's starting to affect me as one of their sponsors. Right, and so, which, I, which is a fair statement. Yeah, I mean, I it, totally agree with that. I mean, it, it's, if, if, let's say ABC had stuck with Roseanne, and people had boycotted the next season, mm-hmm. and one of the sponsors was like Pizza Hut or something, and Pizza Hut started taking hits, and they said, well, you know what? We're going to pull out as a sponsor because we're boycotting us. Yeah. That's, a le- that's, that's legit. That's not, that, to me, that's not even putting like, you know, a, an ideological slant. It's not, before, right, it's not, it's not taking a stance. Yeah, right. I just need to make money. Right. <laughs> that's it's protecting your business. Yeah, yeah, which is completely re- reasonable. That's his role in that business, you know, is making sure that it does, or at least it was his role until he was uh, voted out, I guess. But yeah, I mean, so I, after the fallout from the NFL debacle, he hires a, uh, oh, I don't know, like some kind of PR firm, some kind of image fixer company 
that was supposed to you know come in and, and give them tips on how to get back on track and and play the middle like a true CEO should. And apparently he couldn't do that, at least not to the satisfaction of uh, a lot of people that were on this conference call with him, where he, you know, I know it's ridiculous that we can't use this word in reference, but I'm not going to. I'm not, it's not even worth it. I'm going to be, I'm going to use little kid language and say the N-word, and, but that's not what he said. He said the full N-word on this conference call in reference to how he doesn't use that word, right? Now, it's never a good look for a white guy to talk about, well, at least I don't use the N-word like that guy. You know, that, that's, that's like a low bar to, to set. Talking about the, just, to, just in case there's any confusion, he was talking about his, his penis and he used the word noodle. Okay, Just in case there's any confusion out there. Right. <laughs> no, he was saying specifically, <laughs> at least I don't use the N-word like, use the like, N-word. Colonel, like <laughs> Colonel Sanders did. Right, yeah. Wow. So he was, he was it, the, the, the statement, the blasphemous naughty word that will have you excised from society now uh, was used in the context of don't use this word. <laughs> right. It, am I understanding this correctly? Yeah. And yet he was still... That word was used in context. Not that he called anyone this or from any account... Uh, that he's ever called anyone that. And this is why he was voted out. Yeah. He used well, I, now, there's more to this story that I did find today that tied into something else. The Miami Marlins. And I think there may have been one other MLB club that uh, did the same thing, but I know for a fact the Marlins have cut all ties with Papa John's because of this. Now, they don't have the quite the presence, I don't think, in, in Major League Baseball that they have in the National Football League, but they have things like a Papa Slam, like somebody hits a Grand Slam one night, you get you know uh, money off a of pizza the next day. So they're, right. they're still involved. They're still getting a, a nice or, sponsorship deal. Where they with- just dust off home plate and squirt some ketchup on it. <laughs> next best thing yeah that nasty ass sauce is that the yeah they're the ones that send the sauce with it right uh but yeah major league at least the miami marlins have cut all ties with them too well and, again it's a business decision right i mean sure, fair it, enough. It's, it's not a political decision unless they have an actual political statement to to back that action up it sounds like this is not it's just not worth it for them from the company standpoint it's not a political thing Mm-hmm. I understand that completely, and and from the the Miami Miami Marlins, and and I, I understand that where it becomes political, of course, is when it echo it enters the the conversation and enters into the echo chambers. And I have my only Twitter account that's active right now. I've shut the political one down for the most part since I stopped doing the podcast. So I I have a baseball feed, just populated with only baseball to try to get away from politics, right? Yeah. And what do I see? Bob Nightingale, national journalist, uh, big time baseball guy comes in and says, well, props to the Miami Marlins for getting rid of Papa John's. and Just coming in and moralizing. He turned this into a political issue. All he had to do as a journalist, as a baseball reporter, was say, he didn't have to say anything about it. Leave it to the national news. Why is that a story? Why do you have to come in and moralize about it and turn it into this divisive political thing? It was a business decision by the Marlins, but all of a sudden, when it gets into the echo chamber and you throw the rhetorical kerosene on top of it, it turns into a political rhetorical inferno, predictably. That's the problem that we've got. You know, we can argue about Papa John. Right. I, don't, I, don't know that, I don't know that I care. 
that he was let go. I didn't like the guy anyway, to be honest with you. I hate right. those commercials he did with Peyton Manning. Couldn't stand it. I don't care, but like yeah. we're setting up this awful precedent that, that, Absolutely. that people can be fired for not even – like no one's saying that this is like hate speech or racist. It's just like he made That's, the mistake of using that word. What, right? That's exactly what they're saying. They are saying that. That it is racist. <laughs> that he's a racist because he used the N-word telling people not to say the, the N-word. That's exactly what they're saying on there today. See, the, the, the amazing thing to me about this is that this is not a new discussion. No. This is not, this is not something that, that, that has been brought up since, since you know, Trump and you know, all these KKK members try to have, to, have now tried to normalize racism or anything. This goes back to Spike Lee's criticism of any Quentin Tarantino movie, of how dare a white writer-slash-director put that word in his movies like he does. And then Quentin Tarantino, to me, rightfully so, said, I'm sorry, uh, I make movies about gangsters, racists, etc., etc., the the dregs of humanity. Yeah. Are they going to go, look here, African-American? <laughs> no. Right. Well, also, I mean, he could fire right back at Spike Lee and say, "Oh, so you can use the word mooley, but I can't. I can't use the N word in my films." Or he could just he could just play the clip from Family Guy of when they were when they goofed on Spike Lee and they said, "Oh, that sounded about as as uh, nice as any Italian American in the Spike Lee movie," and it just showed. A Spike, you know, a cartoon Spike Lee walk up to a cartoon Danny Aiello, and Danny Aiello starts snarling and snapping at him and shit like a dog, and you know, w- with rabies. And it's like, right. yeah, obviously, you go watch the first, you go back, go back and watch some some of the earlier Spike Lee movies, which I think Spike Lee is an amazing director. Sure, I I, I love his movies. I can watch a movie and not agree with everything. I don't need to. I, I, I'm not a child. I don't need to agree with everything constantly. Everything doesn't have to be my way constantly. Right. But it's obvious the man does have, he, he did have some issues he was working out with the Italian community, especially in Bensonhurst, New York. Right. Well, you know, I, I can almost understand his position because, like, a movie like Do the Right Thing has a lot of racial slurs of all different sorts in that. I mean, there's that one sequence where it's just straight on camera shot of like, what was it, the, the Chinese grocery store owner, it was Sal, it was, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, uh, what was Spike Lee's character's name? Anyway, they they're just Mookie, look yeah. right, yeah, Mookie, they just, these characters look right into the camera and spout off these horrible racial epithets, and, but, but that, was, that was done in context of a movie that was really about racism, right? I mean, that was the, at the core of that film. And, the irony and, and where, whereas, well, just let me finish up here. Whereas uh, Quentin Tarantino films aren't necessarily about that, right? But they are made in context of people who would, you know, characters who would speak like that, you know? It, it just really irks me that uh, somebody like, like Spike Lee can't separate uh, the, uh, it's not even that. That's the wrong phrase, to separate the art from the artist. It's, to, I, I don't even know. <laughs> well, he I'm feels sorry. like he has proprietary ownership over that. A, that a certain race has proprietary ship ownership, however you want to put it, over a certain word, and it's off limits to anyone not within that group. 
Mm-hmm. You know, one of the one of the interesting things is this last, and I, this is just complete uh, coincidence on my part. I, I was listening to the uh, some old episodes of the podcast, The Treatment, which is hosted by Elvis Mitchell. He's an American film critic. Oh yeah, from from Detroit, black guy. Yep. And he's very good friends with Quentin Tarantino. And I listened to his uh, podcast with him about uh, uh, Django and then uh, The Hateful Eight. And in both of them, that was never brought up between them. Yeah. Now, Quentin Tarantino brought it up in a roundabout way by saying, in The Hateful Eight, nobody's a good guy. You know, if you haven't seen the movie, spoilers for a three-year-old movie, everybody's horrible in that movie. Oh, Every yeah. single person. Nobody's oh. the good guy. Like even even Samuel, that's my Christmas movie now. (laughs) Samuel Jackson's character, he's you know he goes. Samuel Jackson's character is he hates white people just as much as white people hate him. That's why it's so weird that two most racist people in the movie end up working together at a certain point. You know, and I mean, to me, it's like you look. What do what 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 do we want here? I understand that there's this there's this this like postmodern demand that we rewrite history and remove everything that offends anybody mm-hmm. that's a protected class from history. But that's just is going to lead us down the road of repeating those same fucking mistakes. Right. Right. I mean, there's like w- when you talk about, uh, you know, scrubbing old Looney Tunes, current tunes from history, you know, things that. Where uh, a character might have dressed up in blackface or something, and that is no longer aired. That seems reasonable to me because that's actual racism that was just accepted at the time, right? There's there's no real two ways to look up at it, though. But to to think that you know every uh, offensive word or idea should be scrubbed from prior art. I mean, well, I mean, even what, if you go back, what, even if you go back, what stop? Why stop there? Why stop with the past? Why not go on to then censure all current art going forward? Well, we're getting to that point, right? I mean, that's 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 the thing. I mean, it's I, Quentin Tarantino for whatever reason. I don't know if it's because the man is a walking encyclopedia. Fuck that. He's a walking like library of film knowledge so every anyone who knows anything about film and talks to him knows that the man when he's talking about yes i was taking from this movie or this director or right. or this time period they know he knows what he's talking about and when it comes like when it and, and when it comes to the looney tune things yeah I, obviously they probably first of all they don't even air cartoons on saturday morning anymore but if they did yeah don't air it i get it whatever but that doesn't mean you erase it forever. There should there should be copies of it. That way, people we can go look. This is what this country was at one point. It's right. like when we were talking a few weeks ago about how there, the, you know, there's the twenty, the group of twenty people who are looking to rewrite social studies books in Michigan, and they want to, you know, a, a group of conservatives want to get rid of the term slavery and call it. Uh, forced immigration. No, it's it was slavery. Let's call it what it is. All right. Mm-hmm. Bottom line. Stop trying. And it, it, and it pisses me off coming from the left, the right, or or anybody who's just like, oh, I'm offended, so I can't, I can't handle hearing these words. Well, that's that's your problem. I guess what 
Nowhere ever has it been written in any law that you have the right to not be offended. It's not a guaranteed right in this country. And if you get offended, then don't don't frequent that establishment. Don't go see the man's movies. Whatever. I understand. I think it's fucked up, but I mean, I understand that's how the business world works. The man stuck pop, you know, John, whatever his name is, started Papa John's. He went public. There's more people. There's people who own more shares than him. So he was voted out. Right. Well, that's what you get, man. Sorry. If you if you want to if you want to have carte blanche to be the the HNIC and no one can call you on shit then own one or two places on the corner somewhere. But if you want to go nationwide and you want to make that, that, that big money, this is the risk you're taking. Now, the fact that context is completely lost in it and the fact that no one stood up and said, wait a minute, how was this man saying this word? Oh, yeah, come on. Who's going to dive in front of that bullet? Well, that's just shows well, you can't. Chicken. You can't. You, that's just, you're that's you're stumbling. In. It'll just happens. it'll go through it's both it's of you. That's all. <laughs> it's, no, you're 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 stumbling into a rabid mob once you do that. Mm-hmm. Regardless of how factual, right? Because it it's is. not. Because yeah, it's not a it's not a good analogy because it's not just one bullet. No, you're, you're trying to block a person from a hail of bullets. No, it's like trying to it's step pointless. in. It's it's like trying to step in into a neo-Nazi. It's like I'm thinking Nuremberg. You know, you're yeah. walking into Nuremberg Stadium. Hitler's giving his speech and say, this is wrong. What's going to happen to you? That mob's going to rip you to shreds. It's going to tear you to pieces. Nobody's going to stand up, or very few people will stand up in front of that mob and say, no, this isn't right. Look at the context. You'll, just get, you'll, you'll be shredded. You'll be torn to pieces. Well, I mean, it, it, torn to pieces or not, it's just it, once again, it, the, the almighty dollar. It, it's, that's it. So, I mean, let's, let's, let's drop all pretense of anybody on the social justice group won this battle. You didn't win this battle. Commerce won this battle. Okay, well, making just, more money won this battle. But you are you are an ancillary benefit of of their their fight. They're winning that battle. They've su- successfully tethered themselves and the ideology and the scripture and you know the the new definition of blasphemy to commerce. Well. I mean, fine, but whatever. Then okay, take your moral victory. But I mean, ultimately, what about people like Quentin Tarantino? He's not going to stop putting out movies right. where he has white characters that say the word nigger, and guess what? People are still going to go see him. Oh, you said it. Oh, well, I, I, I'm not diving in front of you. No, my ears are <laughs> fucking bleeding. Thanks, Rich. You have a tampon okay, I can put in my right ear. I think it, I think it's gushing. This is my like a heavy flow day, man. No, Here's how you get me off the podcast if you don't like that I said it and offended you. You call up Chris, you buy the the fucking network from him, and then you fire me. Until then, go fuck yourself. There you go. Period. In which case, we'll just rename it and start another one. Yeah. Right? Well, I'm going to escaping the cave with uh, Todd Naren. <laughs> oh no, we'd have Rich back on. I ain't afraid. I'll put a character named Rich on there. <laughs> Bleep every other, every third word. This is this is what is really insane. That when people are trying to point out racism, I mean, look, racism certainly exists, right? Nobody's trying to say that, but it's not at Papa John's. It's not at people using black gifts. It's not at Zac Efron who dreaded up his hair. You know. This is not where your battle needs to be fought. You're wasting your resources. You're, you're, yeah. 
This is a poor you're, hill you're, to try to pant, plant your flag upon. Yes, you're you're crumbling your credibility for your own cause when you're trying to call it out in all these places where it just isn't. This is where I agree wholeheartedly with something Jordan Peterson said on on uh, Joe Rogan's podcast a couple of years ago on one of his appearances. He said, "Clean your room, n-word." Where Joe Rogan? No, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, you that was a poor taste joke. <laughs> Negroes got messy rooms. Um, but no, he, you know, Joe Rogan was playing devil's advocate and he was like, so what is the, what is the harm of softening your language or removing certain words from, from, from historically important books or changing, you know, the, the names of characters? What is the harm of that? And he goes, the harm of that is you're talking about extremists who refuse to see anything except for in black and white. And that's it. Wrong, right, black, white. That's it. That's all they, that's, they choose that. That is a choice. And because of that, you can't give them a centimeter. Because every centimeter you give, they keep kicking you in the nuts and pushing you back trying to take a couple yards. And there's no give and take. Once they take that, they will throw everything they have to, to, to quote unquote, they will die on that hill to keep from giving up that hill, no matter how stupid it really is. And it's the truth. Well, it's one one other thing we've been talking about for the last few weeks, the last few months maybe, is the antithetical reaction that it triggers from other people. That when you start telling people they can't say something, people will dig their heels in just to show you, yeah, I can. And this reminds me of the you know the the example I gave from Solzhenitsyn when he was talking about uh, Stalinist Russia and the revolution, uh, 1918, where you had the red and the white armies, and neither side wanted to give an inch. They were both so dogmatic in their demands in victory that there was no compromise. And what it ends up doing, let me finish here, is is that it creates this resentment, this hatred, this good versus evil, that when the war finally comes and one side, quote-unquote, wins, then you've got these reprisals. You've got this brutality where you're going to punish the enemy because you see him as subhuman and evil. That's the problem with the, the writing your uh, demands, your, your ideological warfare demands in stone and not compromising on anything is that you create enemies that way. Enemies you have to live with at some point or destroy or be destroyed. Right. And it, it's not so much the danger of the person who you may be offending who's digging in their heels. It's the person who had no opinion one way or the other right. and is presented with a black or white uh, option. Well, neither what if neither of which are good? What if neither right. of which are the right option? What if there is no good in the good versus evil scenario? What if it's evil versus evil, just different kinds? Then what do you do? Well, there's also there's also a, a, a gotcha game that's being played that really it pisses me off because I don't like I don't like people who play gotcha games. And what I mean by this is that Kendrick Lamar. He's a popular rapper with the kids these days. Uh, you know, he, he invited a teenage white fan on stage to rap along with one of his songs. And his that song that he picked her to rap along with is rife with him using the word nigga. And when she did it, he stopped everything and said, you can't say that word. Now, you're going to tell me that wasn't a setup? Out of everyone in that fucking crowd, he's going to pick a teenage white girl during that particular song, bring her up, and the minute she says it, snap his fingers like James Brown and the band comes to a dead halt? 
or the dat comes to a dead halt, whatever the fuck. And then goes, that's horrible. I can't yeah, what I a, really feel for that girl. Vile. Yeah. But that's, that's, but he was cheered and she was booed off stage to the point where she had to get like taken out of the crowd. Security escort out of the room. I mean, it was like, yeah, it was like Steve Bartman all over again. And I'm just like, you got to be kidding me. You set that, he set that up. That man wrote that song. That man sings that song every fucking day. He knows what words are in that song. You know what this reminds me of? Again, I'm going to go back to the old Soviet Union and the show trials. And the uh, sort of um, public punishments. Like, in other words, if you were to, to, to go against the, the doctrine of the ideology or communism in general, and you were, you were seen as a deviant to the system, they would put you on trial with these summary sorts of punishments that were for everybody else to see. That if you go against the doctrine, the party line, against the word, the religion, this is what's going to happen to you. And it sounds like that's exactly what happened here. He wanted her to come up on stage, say the word, the magic word, and then show everybody else in the audience or anywhere else that, got that, that either heard about it, saw the video, anything. This is what's going to happen to you if you go against the, the party line. That's a, that sounds exactly like what this is. It wasn't. Right. It wasn't directed at her. This was directed at everybody else. Right. I think yeah. if he was earnest about this, uh, about what happened there, if if this was just like, uh, "Oops, uh, this is kind of awkward. I, this is the wrong side." If I were him, I think I would stop the band and be like, "Hold up, let's pick another track." Because mm-hmm. I've put you in a really awkward situation here. And now that took that took some premeditation, but, don't you think? When they're talking about the, the, it almost the set seems list like it. and the show, wouldn't it be cool if we brought a white girl up, tricked her into saying nigga, and then watched what happened, and then we, we turned her into the, into the pariah of the show? That sounds well, like exactly what would, what would happen before a show. Sounds here's like the thing. Me. I can picture, because I've known way more musicians than I ever wished I would ever know, <laughs> and they're all egomaniacs. They're all megalomaniacs. I can picture in his mind. He thought, "Oh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna use this this teenage white girl to teach her a, a, to, to to give her a teachable moment. <laughs> I'm gonna educate her. I'm gonna show her something. And it's like, first of all, dude, you're not that great. You're not that great on the mic. Bottom line. Sorry, hate to burst your bubble. You're not. Period. Rakim would slay you. KRS One would slay you. Okay. Period. Oh. Bottom line. No doubt. I- I mean, I, I think he does some really interesting stuff, but I'm not like he's the best rapper ever, not by far. Exactly. So if you want to give someone, first, he's he's overreaching by trying to be like, I'm gonna I'm gonna have my childish Gambino, this is America moment, you know, and make a video, and it's a big, you know, uh, uh, political statement. It's like, okay, I get that, but that's your ego talking, dude. Who the fuck are yeah. you to educate anybody? You are an entertainer, all right. Yeah. Period. And you're not even if you're I, not even a deeply political one. You're not Chuck D. This isn't Public Enemy or X Clan. You know, if I were to guess, if I were to just assume where he was coming from and and during this exchange, I imagine this this comes from a place of being frustrated that he knows that there's a lot of white people out there that are rapping along with his songs, and maybe they're maybe he feels like they're misunderstanding or misusing or whatever. But, you know, honestly, if, if it upsets you that much, then you shouldn't be using the word in your songs, right? 
Well, how about this? You shouldn't, you shouldn't be using it. And I'm not saying like you should whitewash it from your language, from your culture, whatever you want to uh, assign that word to. I'm just saying if you make a piece of art and people are using that to, which they're going to, people are going to interpret all types of art in their own way. And sometimes they're going to use it for purposes that you'd vehemently disagree with, right? But to to use a, a word like that with the idea of, of kind of reappropriation of the word, right? To, to uh, reclaim it. But yet it's constantly used against you, then maybe you should stop using that word, right? I, th- I, I, I think you're giving <laughs> like if it's, too much if it's, credit. <laughs> I think he, I think he was looking for a viral moment. I think he was looking for a way to bring someone on stage, create some sort of hubbub in the room, some sort of yeah, a viral moment is the only thing I'm, we're talking about. It it, it hit yeah. the news and it hit the zeitgeist somehow, right? That I think is that's the exactly- most likely explanation. I agree with you. All I'm saying is that no matter how I try and spin this in my mind, I can't come out with a good angle on no, it. No, I can't. There is none. Like he is wrong, no matter how you look at it. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. To me, to me, it just this is this is the pettiness that has seeped into everybody to a certain extent as an identity group because this is this is one of the this is one of the fallout fallouts of identity politics when you play this game pettiness is intertwined with it you cannot remove the threads of pettiness from identity politics it's petty because ha 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 we can say this word and you can't ha 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 and we're going to bring you up and we're going to we're going to put you in a situation and set you up to say the word and then we're going to then we're going to fucking Give you shit for it, and it's like, well, you know what? Let me let me ask you. Let me let me ask. Let me ask a question here, and just be, and 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 you know, fuck it. I don't care. Fine. I, I guess I'm the, the the grand wizard of the KKK for asking this question. But aren't there bigger issues in the African American community, the people of color community, whatever the fuck the, 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 the other people say they have to be called these days besides themselves? Then. A white girl getting up and wrapping along with Kendrick Lamar and dropping an end bomb. You could ask that word across the entire spectrum. You know what I saw today? I'm not. Tra- I'm not changing the subject, but to, just to give you some context, I saw a thing where so a bunch of environmentalists were complaining about glitter. That glitter had to be outlawed. I mean, there everything, every little tiny issue now is that hill that everybody needs to, you know, plant their flag and die upon. There, there, of course, there are bigger issues. I mean, the, the, collectively, there there are innumerable bigger issues than this. But every single one now is treated like it's life and death. They were trying to <laughs> this stupid article that I read. It wasn't an article; it was a Facebook video, I think. And they were trying to basically make it sound like glitter, fucking glitter, was killing the planet. Yeah. And, and that this has to be this has to be banned. This has to be, uh, you know, taken out of taken out of the uh, environment, or however you want to look at it. Right. But everything's treated that way now. Right. I mean, if you wanted to talk about like what the effects of glitter just being disposed of and going out into the environment, that's a valid conversation. I think we should look at many of the things that we produce and look at how we're affecting our environment. But like you're saying, if if every single last thing is life or death, 
then you're just crying. You're just crying wolf over and over yeah, again. It, Nobody's going to pay attention to you anymore. Brings me it, back it, to what I was saying about the about the, the the unwillingness to let anything go. You have to treat each one of the items on your ideological plank right. like it's the end of the world. You will not. Everything is this important that if we don't get this and this and this and this, everything on this massive list, the world is going to come to an end. See, and here's here's to me the the biggest. The biggest problem with this is the people who, on both sides, people on the right, people on the left, who, who get like this, they refuse to see what started this shit. And I mean, what, what has really started this shit is, okay, Obama got elected. You had a, a percentage of white people who, not my president, blah, 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 blah. Maybe a small percentage of people really disagreed with his policies, really disagreed with his stance, really didn't like his politics. But we also know that there was a good percentage of those people just didn't like him because he was black. And so the pushback started. And the pushback started really honestly after his second, after he got elected for his second term is when I really started to notice all this nonsense, these microaggressions, this petty fucking call out culture start. No one can say anything, and context is completely lost in it. And then what did that breed? That bred people so pissed off, not just from the right, but people in the middle, that they said, well, now we're going to go elect fucking Trump. Mm -hmm. And now it's the exact same. Flip the coin over, and we got what we had. It's the pendulum swing. Reactionary, bilateral extremism and i I, I would i the only thing i would say is that i think it goes back to 2000 i think it goes back to at least to the 2000 election with the supreme court because i think we had eight years of the quote-unquote trademark resistance leading up to obama that's the only thing but i I completely agree with you that it's it's one breeds the other the the far right has begat the far left which is begat trump which will begat what the pendulum swing just keeps getting wider and wider and there's no which will begat communism <laughs> well yeah i mean well i either that or, or i don't know well i'll just say this i you know i've done a lot of thinking over the last couple of months i've talked to a lot of different people family members friends strangers online i've just come to this conclusion i this is never going away this is what we are as, as, as a species. An individual might get tired of conflict and want to have some sort of resolution. But us as a species, we have no interest in it. And we need to stop lying to ourselves and to each other and saying we do have an interest in it. The one thing that I will say, whether it's the election of Obama that really threw kerosene on the fire or if it was... The 2000 election, it doesn't matter. The one thing I will say is it's really pulled the mask off and showed just how ugly we really fucking are. And I go back through history and, and prove me wrong. Prove me wrong with one society that was at the top of the fucking global pyramid that didn't do what we're doing. You can't. It's just, just, it's our human nature. We will create an enemy out of our own ranks if we can't find someone to rip apart. No. That's one of the things that irritates me. It's, you know, I said this two, three years ago. You know, one of the, one of the, one of the first sportsy shows, we were talking about a, a, a racial issue in politics. And I said, you know, here's the problem. The right, con- fuck that, conservatives, 
traditionalists, however you want to, you know, label them, call them, they tend to be on the wrong side of fucking history. Sorry, it's where you guys fucking land a lot of times. Don't know what else to tell you. It's true. Progressives always need an enemy. And if they don't have a legit one, they will start going through their own ranks and finding people to throw out there like Shirley Jackson's lottery to sacrifice. Well, that's that's not just the progressives, though. You understand. You, you know that. I mean, it's it's that's one of the tenets of uh, far-right fascism is that you have to have an internal enemy that you need to rally the troops against, you know? Uh, yeah, but uh, as long as you have as long as you have people of different color, different religion, different yeah, different, different different beliefs in, in how we should, you know, government, the right has plenty of enemies. Yeah. The left the left you go to a college campus, the left will start eating itself because they can't find anything like you go to U of M and U of M has, you know, uh, uh what do you call it? Uh, oh shit. It's where you know you, have to have a certain number of these people in, have a certain number of these people in. Affirmative action. Affirmative act quotas. I think that's... that's Quotas, yeah. You know, um, very liberal campus. I mean, I don't know how else you could fucking see it. I mean, if you think U of M is very conservative, I guess you ain't been to Ann Arbor lately. But they they got to the point where they they had, like, a black student group want want a black-only library. Like... No, no, you can't be anything but black and come in this library because we need our own safe space. The fu- That's the, the type fuck. Of shit I'm talking about. The that, fuck, yeah, <laughs> exactly. You're never, you're not going to see Republicans doing that and hardcore conservatives doing that. This, that's the bitch. Of, you look at, you look at all this, this, this fear mongering over, you know, oh, this great big wave of white nationalists and, and Klan members and and Aryan Brotherhood coming up. If you really know their beliefs, they're at odds with each other constantly. But they have one common enemy: the the others, as you love to mm-hmm. use the Auslanders. Mm-hmm. Right there, there's our enemy, guys. Now, eventually, if they did win, and they were winning the culture war, like the left has has essentially won the culture war in this country, at least, then yeah, they probably turn on each other. But they, they're not; they're nowhere near the threat that that. These groups want to make them out to be. I mean, think about that. Think, think about someone like Charlie LaDuff, who goes and spends time with these people, with the KKK, with the Aryan Brotherhood, comes back and reports, and he goes, you people don't understand. There's a couple dozen people in, in every fucking state that you know get together for their little meetings and shit, and they're idiots. They can't figure out how to fill out a fucking check half the time. Like, seriously, you're, you're afraid of these people? We have bigger fucking issues to fry. What about our the, the people at, in government, people who actually have and wield power against us on a daily basis? But no, we rather talk about you know the four dozen people who get together and howl and burn across every five years. Really, four dozen people? You know what you do? You, you drop a fucking a bomb on that area. Boom, problem solved. I mean, come on, man. Like, oh. that, that's. Don't act like this is like the next civil war is going to be a race war. Really? It, it, no, there's, there's, one, there's one thing that I would, that I would, I would interject to that because it, it, asking for safe spaces and black libraries on uh, college campuses sounds an awful lot to me like uh, no Juden allowed. <laughs> Juden for, verboten in, uh, or Kristallnacht 
in in Germany or segregation, whites only on this, um, you know, drinking fountain, blacks only on this one. I mean, this isn't something that you can say that the right doesn't have or has never had. And I think you nailed it. You hit it directly on the, the nail directly on the head. This is a human thing. This is something that's ingrained into us with with just ancient primal tribalism and needing that boundary that I was talking about a couple of weeks ago where the apes go out and they go to the boundary and they find someone who's a little bit too close to their territory and beat them over the head with a stick. And it's not something that each side wants to portray it that it's only the other side and they're on the side of, of human righteousness and all this, but it's, it is. You're, you're right about that. It's a human trait that always has to be checked. And it's not something that you're going to... I don't know what the answer to this is because if it's a human trait, then it has to be, it has to be taken care of from... A governmental standpoint. Todd, there, to- there is there is no answer to it because if the government starts regulating thought and feelings, there's going Nuts. to be eventually there's eventually going to be a, a, a an uprising against the government, and it's going and to just right there's conflict. You missed what I'm saying. I'm not saying regulating thought. I'm I'm saying what I'm talking about is regulating action. In other words, you can't have segregation. You can't have separate drinking fountains. You can't put a sign on your door that says no Juden, you know, Juden verboten. You know, you can't do that kind of thing. And that's that's I guess. I mean, I I I don't know if it is a DNA thing and a biological thing and something that's part of just part of being human that's in our nature. I don't know any other way to neutralize that. I, I there it I've I've come to the conclusion there is none. On an individual level, you might find a, maybe even relative to how many people you know personally, a large group of your personal friends don't want to deal with this conflict, think it's stupid, think it's a bunch of bullshit, but the minute you start adding just groups of other people in, and the groups get bigger and bigger, you find that these people, no, they, they, they crave this conflict. Yeah. They crave it. They what seek it? it out. They create it. <clears throat> what do you suppose it is? Is it a quest for power? Is it a quest for self-supremacy, self-identified group supremacy? I think it's, I, I, I don't know. It's a lot of things. It feels good to, it feels good to impose your will upon somebody. It feels, well, good, you know, it feels good to bully somebody, period. I, and that's something we got we to deal with. And we don't. We don't. We, 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 we put all this bullshit out there that, oh, bullies are, are you know, Oh, they're, they're, they're insecure and this and that. It's just like the whole homophobe thing. If you don't like, if you don't think gay people should, should be married or gay people should have the same rights as everybody else, you're afraid of gay people because you're afraid that you, that dick tastes yummy to you. Well, no, the truth is some people just hate fucking gay people. Some people think of the idea of a one man sticking his spit covered dick in another man's asshole. Disgusting. Period. That's all there is to it. Stop trying to fucking. Wait, wait, wait. Rewrite human fucking wiring to fit your fucking agenda and your narrative. I think it's disgusting, but there's a big difference between thinking it's disgusting and then actually having hatred towards anyone who is gay. But you think it's disgusting for you to stick your spit-covered dick in a chick's ass, right? Yes. There you I go. go. <laughs> so you're, just, you're not anti. Just you're anti. See, you're anti. Huh? Anal sex. No, absolutely. <laughs> for you. For you. Because you're enlightened enough to understand that just because you don't like right. something doesn't mean you have to take away other people's enjoyment. Right. Well, you know, Rich, I, I'm really with you on this up until a point. And here's where I kind of divert. Because when you talk about this being kind of ingrained into human nature, I think that's absolutely true. But 
the idea that we can't overcome that, that that's just who we are, is kind of uh, short-sighted because we have continually overcome parts of our nature that we've been forced to. I mean, look, we are we are uh, come from a uh, tribal and territorial species, right? And during you know, in the days of early man, before there were laws, if you came across a stranger on the edge of your territory and you bashed his head in with a rock, your chieftain was probably going to send a couple girls over to your cave to suck your dick that night. Right? You're a good soldier. That's not true. That- you would be forced to anally penetrate her. You would have died. You would have died young. You would have. You would. You would have been. You would have never gone to the edge of the territory, man. You would have run. You would have right. hit your hut. I'm not sticking my. Penis. But but right. But at a certain point, we wanted to have you know bigger societies, and we had to have laws to control these. And it wasn't just okay to kill a stranger anymore, right? The rest of society would judge you for that, would put you on trial, and blah blah blah. Yeah, we figured and out so that other societies had something to offer us to make our lives a little bit easier. Right, and and so you know we may we may be in the at, at the point in our evolution where we are really confronting these tribal issues. That doesn't mean that we can't overcome them. I mean, yeah. I know it's not heartening to see people who you know on one side of their mouth talk about unity, and then the other side talk about what makes their group so special. Right. Well, I mean, here's here's what I have to say. It's the same thing I say to people who go, you know, are, that are they're like hardcore pro-communist, hardcore pro-socialist, whatever. Show me where it's worked in history. Show me where it's happened in history. And I'm not talking about in a small group of people because we've already had that discussion ad nauseum on this show that the smaller the group of people it is, the easier it is to get everybody to agree about everything. But we don't live in we don't live yeah. in or control them. We don't live in small groups anymore. That's that is that faggoty baby needs to be put to bed. It doesn't need to ever be brought up again. Reality does not support that argument. Okay, and I'm tired of fucking people coming up with that argument. Like somehow, oh well, that just explains shit. No, it doesn't. I we feel live, like you're yelling at me. We live. <laughs> I'm not yelling at anybody. I can't. Well, one, I can't hear myself in my headphones, so I'm probably speaking louder than normal. <laughs> Well, you sound like you're screaming at me, man. <laughs> so, well, I'm not, so sorry. <laughs> Did I offend right, you? Like, Get over it. <laughs> no, right, when no. you when you denounce things like socialism or communism, and somebody says, "Well, you just it just hasn't been done right," right? It's like it's coming it's like back. When you say, "I don't like asparagus," and someone says, "Well, you haven't had my asparagus. I, I do something special with it. You're gonna you like this." Like sick. You haven't stuck it in my yeah. ass. Yeah, right. exactly. Right. exactly. And have you? Have you found some magic way to not make asparagus stringy and weird tasting? Well, then, no, it's not going to work. Or right? forced collectivization, not turn into totalitarianism. Have you found a way to right. magically do that? Now, to continue with my uh, analogy here, if you prepare that asparagus a different way, maybe that asparagus is an element of a larger meal that really brings everything together, and it ends up being transcendent. That's a, that's a possibility. I'm not saying that just because I don't like asparagus just raw that I will not eat it in any meal. I smell a democratic it, socialist. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, you know, I used to be hardcore socialist back in the day when I was naive 
And I, I looked to Norway and said, oh, look, they've got it fucking figured out. Why can't we do that here? Because we have a defense budget. <laughs> oh, yeah. And we're not, right. No, we're not having yeah. our self-defense subsidized by another country. They have more yeah. money to deal with and less people to worry about. They can do that. Mm-hmm. It's I, not going to work. I absolutely here. agree. We have uh, probably five to ten times. I don't. I, I, I'm not going to pretend to know the census figures for Norway, but we have so many more people here, and it's such a, a more diverse culture. That, yeah. Well, good, right, and good luck. But that doesn't mean that any kind of socialist policy is bad and will ultimately fail. We have several. I mean, we have we have several. Uh, you know. Uh, we have several examples of, of socialism in our society today in America that that people get benefit from and love. You know, you take a, take away their Medicare and they're going to scream bloody murder. Get your socialist hands off my Medicare. Right. <laughs> Seen that. But mm. but again, it's not it's not a black or white thing, right? Right. It's. You know, if somebody presents socialism as in you are either all in on this until we are full on communists or well, kind of what we're doing, though, right? We have we have one group of people who are on the right who think that socialism is communism. They think that the, the, the two are one and the same. And then we have other groups on the far left that are actually advocating for that now. More and more, you see the hammer and sickle, and you see, you sent some stuff today, it'll probably be the primary topic of conversation as the show goes on, but you sent some stuff today uh, where communism, using the word communism and being supportive of it, speaking of it in positive terms and positive ways is becoming accept- acceptable now. Yeah, I, that I went, is, That is the pendulum swing. I, I went down kind of uh, a communist rabbit hole yeah. earlier today, and this, this started from... Somebody had posted a, a video, a segment for a, a news show in England that uh, Piers Morgan is on. And he was, there was a whole panel of people there, but it was mostly him and this young woman. Uh, I believe she was uh, Indian, not exactly sure. I, I, don't, I didn't know her prior to watching this clip, but they were having this back and forth over her and her protests of Trump. You know, leading up to his uh, his visit, I think he's here. Uh, he's there at the at this very moment when we're recording. Mm-hmm. But there's so Piers Morgan was coming back. He always he just, the same bullshit that the conservatives always try to defend Trump with. Well, you weren't upset when Obama did it. You weren't upset when so and so did it. You didn't. This didn't seem to have bothered you before. What about well, him? Right. So he's like, well, how come you, you know, Obama deported X amount of people. How come you didn't protest him? And she finally, she goes, why do you keep hitting me with this Obama shit? Like, I'm a supporter of him. I am literally a communist, (laughs) which was appropriately tagged in the tweet as the most millennial thing one could say. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But I was, you know, it kind of took me off guard because I, I... it's not like that's the first time I've I've heard somebody say that. But it's a, it, it almost it, it almost makes you. It reminds me of the South Park episode, the Nambla episode. Mm-hmm. You know where they're all the the National Man Boy Love Association. If you haven't seen if you haven't seen that episode, go it's see it. It's a brilliant it. episode. Oh, yes, it's wonderful piece of cartoon <laughs> art. The National but, Association of Marlon Brando lookalikes. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bleeding out my asshole. But uh, 
It reminds me of that, though, because traditionally, when someone would come out and say, I am literally a communist, it would be something akin to saying, I like having sex with young boys. It would just, it would step, you would step the fuck back. It would just jar your mind because of what that is and what that means. And it's exactly what Rich said a few minutes ago, because it's never worked. We've seen where it goes, right? It's vile. It's not something that we, as Americans anyway, I can see maybe if you're in Venezuela or you're in El Salvador, Something like, whatever, if you want to be a communist, go be a communist. But we here in this country, in the United States of America, in the, the, the capitalist bastion of the world, the most successful country probably in the history of Earth, communism is akin to being a Satanist. And to have someone come out and say, I am literally a communist, really, it, it, it hits my ears just as much as saying, I like fucking little boys. Right. It has that sort of reaction in my head but it's getting to the point now where more and more people are saying they like fucking little boys and it's becoming normalized again you talk about normalization of trump what trump is normalizing what's the left normalizing well that's i mean i first of all real quick uh i i since my brother is of a certain age around you know mid-20s i can tell you right now it's not even rare to hear that in fact it's probably normal to hear that as far as I'm a communist. I mean, my, my brother will flat out say he's an authoritarian and he's a communist and he says it with no shame. He's like, no, it's the best way. It's the best way to rule people. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Yeah. Okay. But I think that's, I mean, he is, well, he is right in the sense that if communism is going to work, it's only going to work under an authoritarian government. Like Literally, Venezuela. it has to because there's no incentive. There is no incentive to keep the, the economy going. The famine right. in Russia Somebody's was not... Somebody's got to whip the people. The, the, the famine in Russia wasn't anything, had, had, had nothing to do with crops being able to be grown or anything. It de-incentivized labor, right? Because there was no money involved. People didn't what's want... What's currently it. happening in North Korea. Yeah, there, there's no reason for people to go out and, and produce fucking food. So food stopped being produced. People couldn't buy it. It wasn't because it couldn't be grown. Money you, is an incentive. The, right. I mean, you want to talk about human nature. Like, try telling somebody, no matter how hard or how little you work, you're going to get the same thing as everyone else. Yeah. Okay, well, I guess I'll do as little as possible, won't I? Well, I would. I, I would. Of course. <laughs> You're an idiot if you don't. <laughs> yes. Work, work, for, work for a boss who goes, no matter what you do, I'm going to pay you minimum wage. And watch how quick he gets minimum effort from everybody who works right. for him. What is yeah. supposed to be your, your uh, response, though, that you're, you're going to put in strong effort because, what, you're proud of your country? Yes, that's what's exactly there to, that's What's exactly, there to be proud of? What is your country giving you to be proud of in that, that, in that case? That's the subtext of utopia. That is the subtext where people do not understand human nature. That's where the religion aspect of it comes in that I keep trying to beat into people's heads every fucking week is that that is the doctrine. That's the scripture. That's the belief system that you have to inseminate these people with. Because that's the only way that you can even have a, an inkling of a prayer to get people to go out in the fields in the middle of December or whenever to try to produce food. It didn't work. They had to because people were starving. The economy was failing. There was no food. They literally, literally had to send thugs out 
to these collectives to get people to go in the field so the country wouldn't starve to death on whole 100 million people probably died anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, that's between that and the gulags. I don't remember exactly what the, the famine toll well, was. But they had to force these people to go out and work because they weren't given them money. Yeah. I mean, if, if a, a millennial wants to try and convince me that you know, the problem with this country is that we've put everything, our whole philosophy of how to live our lives into uh, capitalism – they have, I'd have a sympathetic ear for them. I think we've we've put way too much importance into that. But that's the problem. We're putting all of our eggs in that one basket. And with communism, it's, you kind of have to do that. It's by definition an all-encompassing thing. Mm-hmm. It is a religion, right? It will dictate every aspect of your life. You can't just have... You can have socialist policies, but you can't have communist policies. You either have communism or you don't right you know and it's it's not even i don't know i my main concern isn't that we're going to turn into a communist style economy my main concern is we're going to adopt the other things from communism that i despise right we're we're already we're already we're already well down the road which is I mean, one of the first things to go, it seems like, is humor. The, 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 more, the more anyone proclaims to be a well, communist or, or you know, a, a democratic socialist or something, you know, the deeper down that hole they go, the more everything is offensive. Right. I think you need to dig one layer deeper because it's not humor, it's speech. That's and, exactly right. That's and exactly it's right. Humor, humor is is pointed out a lot because it is such a powerful form of speech. It well, is one of the most powerful forms to communicate ideas. You kind of jumped the line on what I was going to say. I said the, I was about to say the reason I think they go after humor is because it's a way to backdoor people who aren't paying attention. Right. Hey, you can't say oh, sorry. that. <laughs> well, if you want, yeah, it's the old Oscar Wilde thing. If you want to tell the people the truth, you better make them laugh or else they'll kill you. Right. <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's people who have nothing to do with funny trying to tell me what's funny. It's right. people who have no sense of humor trying to shame you for laughing at something. Right. And it's for, for you know, it, it completely takes the individual out of and, and experiences out of everything. You know, there's a <clears throat> there's a channel <clears throat> on YouTube called Vet. It used to be called Vet TV. It might be its own channel now on on some cable station somewhere, but it's basically a humorous channel made by vets, combat vets who served after nine eleven, and it's some of the fucking darkest, most fucked up humor I've ever seen, and I laugh my ass off at it because I totally understand where they're coming from. I have enough people in my family who fought in wars. I've it's like it's like when you get around it's like when you get around cops and you get around doctors or nurses and it's just a bunch of them and they either feel comfortable with you being around them or they don't realize you're listening and you start hearing the shit they joke about. You, most people would be horrified at what at, at the type of shit that comes out of those people's mouths. But that's how they have to deal with the reality of the the job they do every single day. When death is not something that happens once every couple of years to a family member, when it's something you deal with every day, 
You have to fucking somehow purge yourself of the bullshit that comes with it. And that's that's one of the things that humor does. And that's one of the things I try to explain to people who don't get I don't understand. How can you find this funny? Have you been to it on the it's not for you to, to really understand or to give your stamp of approval on why I find something funny anyway. Who the fuck are you to ask that question? You know, that's, that's, that's the thing that goes through my head. And when well, you, when in, you, in, a, in a totally legit way, if they asked, I don't get why you think Bill Hicks is funny, but I think Gallagher's hilarious, I'd go, I don't understand why you think Gallagher's yeah. hilarious, but... Whatever. Whatever. Exactly. <laughs> Enough, a lot of people do. He made a lot of money smashing watermelons. So, exactly. Okay, I don't get it. You like it? Okay. But that's never the question. The question is, it's almost an indictment of me as a person. Yeah. And what, what this comes down to, I think, is that I, I think uh, Aaron hit it on the head. And it reminds me of this George Orwell piece that I read not too long ago. I forget the essay, but it's not speech control. It, what, it, what it's boiling down to, it goes even a, a, a step deeper than that, Aaron. It's thought control. Right. Speech control is, at its heart, thought control. It's the same idea with religion. I know you love religion so much, Rich, but it's the same idea as blasphemy in the old days. It's not saying that. It's not just saying that uh, that you cannot say something against God or the religion or the deity. It's that you can't think it. That's what. That's what. That's the seed that it puts in your head. That that thought is wrong. I have to get rid of this thought. That's how that speech control is. Thought control at its heart, at its soul. Why? Why else bother? Yeah. What's the point of getting rid of speech if it's not altering thought? I, th- I think the. To me, the 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 deeper issue is that why is it okay for these people to impose in their mind to impose their will onto other people just and 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 to even like who are you to impose your will on me is akin to like going up to them and you know digging up their dead mother and fucking her corpse in front of them or something i mean it's like you you just insulted their ancestors like wait what what do you mean i why you, you should have to change for me because i find that offensive you should change how dare you and if you won't we'll compel you to change well, and, if see, you, and if we can't compel you to change, we'll fucking make it illegal for you to be the way you are. Well, it's two things. It's it's uh, good versus evil, right versus wrong, God versus the devil. It's coming from a point and a place of self-righteousness that you identify with. It's how you see yourself and your subgroup as better than the others, right? And beyond that, it's also the, the very human tendency towards seeking power and control imposing your worldview your beliefs however you want to we love to impose things on other people you know maybe that's maybe that's what we were getting down to here maybe maybe that's uh, to to all all of us on this even chris who's not here today all of us to a certain extent i I don't i don't want i don't want to control other people i just want to be left the fuck alone if you want to go and chop your dick off and 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 call yourself a horse or a dragon, or whatever the fuck, go do it. Just leave me the fuck alone and stop telling me that I have to look at something that I know is not factually correct and agree with you. Right. That's, that's so not too done, much. Though. No, it's not. And it, that's a very libertarian thing to say. And I, <laughs> every libertarian who's listening to this, among the thousands and thousands of listeners we have on the ChristopherMedia.net network, all the libertarians are standing up giving you a standing ovation right now. Leave me the fuck alone. Do what you want. If you want to go worship a table leg, go ahead. 
Knock yourself out. If it makes you feel good, do it. Get the fuck away from me with it, though. The problem really becomes is that you have a large group of people now who go two plus two equals five. And if you disagree, we're going to find a way to label you something so horrendous that it'll shut you up. Or or it may not shut you up this initial time, but you'll be afraid to speak up in the future. And I found I found that happening with myself more and more often to the point where I'm starting to really resent and 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 have and have a seed of hatred towards some some friends of mine. Mm-hmm. I'm talking people I've known for decades because they they you know they're the type that if you don't agree with me, take me off your friends list because the minute I find out you're not you don't agree with me, yeah. I'm going to take you off my friends list right. and I'm going to put you on blast or I'm going to I I cannot believe we're still going through this in 2018, but literally just had someone fucking threaten to copy and paste something I posted and send it to all my friends to show them how much of an asshole I am. And I'm like, do you want me to do it for you? They already know how much of an asshole I am. (laughs) Well, this is where, I mean, there's a huge amount of irony here because certain millennials who are pro-communism are also using capitalism for their own gain right they want to see certain people shot down so they put them on trial in the in the quote-unquote court of public opinion which really is just using capitalism to stifle somebody else's speech right, right? It, it, because it all that's what it's coming down to you you understand that these corporations are only driven by money so you find a way to go at their money right they've tethered the ideology but, and 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 wielding that sort of political and ideological club they've tied it to commerce but what if we what if you accomplish your goal right what if what if this dog actually catches the car what then because then you have a government who is saying well these are the people who should be telling you the news and if you don't like what they say eh, go piss up a tree like (laughs) there is no you have no recourse now you can't boycott a company or a or a news organization that's state sponsored, you're doing nothing. You're spitting in the wind. Right. Well, it's just it's it's them not taking it to its logical conclusion because they can't see past the fucking end of their own nose here on this shit. It's, it's okay. It's like it's like Elon Musk, right? So those kids are trapped in the cave, you know. And uh, okay, I'm going to make a mini sub, and it didn't, you know, it didn't happen or it didn't work or whatever the fuck. <laughs> Elon. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. When I say Elion, whatever. Yeah. I got. I was thinking I'm about Elion Gonzalez. They broke Elion's bed. <laughs> they broke Elon Musk's bed. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm. I'm getting kids trapped in a cave versus kids in a closet with government agents coming after. Yeah. Mixed on. So Elon Musk says, "Okay, I'm gonna. I'm gonna build a mini sub. We're gonna get him out. That didn't come to pass for whatever reason." Now he's come out and he goes, you know, it's been going on four years. Flint still doesn't have clean water. I'm going to do something about this. Now, the backlash has me scratching my head because (laughs) everything from, well, this is what you get in a capitalist society to where the government should be taking care of this, but they didn't. So now private people have to take care of it. Right. this, This tweet that I literally just, someone just literally posted on, on, on a group I'm in, it says, billionaire should be a slur, as it's a fucking shameful thing to be. Vast wealth is immoral. Yep. Capitalism is a cancer in society. No one I should have that, this. Too. 
they want while anyone goes without things they need, especially if what they want is to send a car into space. What? It's, I, it's I, insane. I, I mean, I understand, you know, and Louis C.K., before he became, you know, the... The, the 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 Me Too sacrifice that he eventually became in his in his show Louie, he had an episode where he was talking to his daughter, and I guess she was she was all pissed off because one of her friends had better toys than her or something. Right. And he was trying to explain to her. He goes, "Look, what the hell does it matter if she has better toys than you? Do you enjoy the toys you have? Why are you worried about what she? Why don't you worry about what you have?" The only time you should look into your neighbor's bowls to make sure they got enough food. That's it. Don't worry about their fucking... It, it, it goes back to if you, if you water your lawn, you ain't worried about how green the neighbor's grass is. They wanting to go move over there because, well, that grass is so much greener. Well, take care of your own shit. But that's not how these people think. They destroy everything they fucking touch. And then they want to move into someone else's shit, someone else who's already put the work in. And they can just go, oh, okay, well... It's fine. Now I'm here, and this is great. And, oh, by the way, the way this person got their lawn green, I find it personally offensive, and it's a waste of water, and it's and it's horrible, and blah, blah, blah. But you're, you're living in the house with the green lawn that that person spent money and time to get that green. I, what, what are you bitching about? How can you bitch about that? What, what do you want? If the government doesn't handle it, the government's assholes, so a private citizen steps up to handle it, now he's an asshole. Yeah, yeah, I know. Elon Musk can't win, and uh, like I'm not this great admirer of the man. I think he's a a little wacky, but he might do some really cool and interesting shit with his money, and might actually solve some problems. Who knows? We need that kind of wacky, though. But he may not either, right? He he may need somebody that's willing to try and has the resources to do it. Yeah, absolutely. So what? I mean, he said, so he has some harebrained scheme to uh, design a sub to get these kids out of the cave. And you know, by the time he could get the, the submarine built, they had the, the kids out of there anyway. But I mean, he put his resources to work to try and solve an issue that was bothering him like it was bothering many people. These kids, we might have to watch these kids needlessly die, and we can't rescue them. We need a solution, right? It's and a problem solver. And he's, he was trying he's to be a problem off solver. Of, yes, he has laughed off of oh my god, this out of touch billionaire who thinks that he can just build a summary. Like he's trying something, right? And then the with irony. the Flint, go ahead. Sorry. Well, it, with, with the the Flint water crisis thing, right? right Someone yeah. said, "Hey, you want a real problem? You should you should tackle the the quality of water in Flint, right?" So he says, "Oh yeah, I'll do that." He finds the first thing he does is he goes and finds somebody who uh, had a GoFundMe campaign or something like that. That was uh, I'm not forgive me, I don't know exactly what the campaign was for, but it was it was something to improve the quality of that person's water in their house. Right for their own health, that, and he uh, he gave her enough donations to get over her goal. Right, well, it was only twenty two thousand dollars. You know, it's a drop in the bucket for him, right? But it was something. He didn't have to do it. The state didn't come in and say that he had to give some of that money. He just said, "Hey, here's one way where I can help." And then immediately on Twitter, "Oh, that's all you can give." Oh, you! It's just the irony of people on Twitter 
sitting there on their couch or on their fucking cell phone doing absolutely nothing, right. condemning someone who's actually trying to literally address, directly address a problem. Mm-hmm. The irony of condemning someone for not doing enough or, or mocking them for trying to come up with an idea, even a silly idea, maybe it is, of a submarine, at least he's trying to do something while you're sitting here on your fucking iPhone, punching shit into Twitter, acting all self-righteous about it. Right. But see, that's, that goes back to what I was well, saying. I mean, the, the problem solving and being pragmatic and being decisive has somehow become looked down upon by a a, a, a good a good number of people and and calling people out and tattletaling like children is somehow seen as virtuous i think and, also i mean just being a billionaire that you can do yeah, no right the bourgeois it's assumed that you did something dirty you fucked somebody over that you stepped on on everyone else's head to get where you were well, Again, you know what? The truth back, is, it, I'm just going to say it was. It's back to the Stalinist thing. It doesn't mean maybe he didn't do anything, you know, nasty to step on anyone. But he has money. It's like being a man. It's like having a penis. It makes you dirty. If you have money and you're a billionaire or you're rich, you're automatically subhuman to a lot of these folks. Well, I mean, I've Simple. I've I've looked into his business practices at Tesla, how he treats his employees. There's a lot to be desired there. No, he's not. He's not Steve Jobs level of fucking crazy. But yeah, I mean, he he drives them fuckers like they're you know, like they're workhorses, and that's once again, that's what you know when you go to work there. They tell you that you have no downtime when you're at work. Every single minute is trying to find a way to move the project you're working on forward. Does he pay well? I would assume so. Yeah, I mean that's I. It, eh, I mean that's that's one of the things that I can't. I couldn't just from what I read. I'm not comfortable on saying yay or nay because you get different. You get Again, different. I, you, get different me, you get different info from different sources. It just and comes you have back to take into consideration. Oh, it's it's relative so, too, right? If you told me. He pays one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year. I'd be like, "Fuck it, I'll go there and make sure I'm working every minute." But somebody else might go, "No fucking way, that's you're peanuts." Not, it, it's this isn't indentured servitude either. Right, right. You know, it's uh, you're working at Tesla. I'm assuming uh, how many entry level jobs are there at Tesla? Is this like working for Mazda or Ford, where you're just putting a screw on a Tesla car multiple times for ten hours a day, or is this something that requires an education? I would say probably, I would say probably a little bit of both. I, that's the thing. It's, it's a non, when you, when you work in a non-union shop, there is no such thing as not my job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've never worked that, in, I've worked in a lot of shops. None of them have ever been unionized. You do what okay. you're told to do. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, I, I think what we're talking about, I mean, the people that were working directly with Elon Musk, that's, they're all just, you know, uh, it's an idea factory, right? The actual production of these things is probably shopped out or he goes and buys a factory, stocks it with a bunch of workers and some foreman oversees them, right? He doesn't go down the, the fucking Tesla line and start shouting at people and, sh- and sticking them with a cattle prod. Well, there's also it's, it's the guys that are trying to come up with the design for the Tesla that he's like, you ain't fucking leaving until this thing looks perfect. Solve the problem, right? Well, I mean, 
there's also is uh, is he a, is it, and they, I've run into bo- both types of these workers. Is it because this person is driven and they want the best for the company? And if I've I've worked uh, case in point, I've worked at at restaurants where the owner comes in from open to close. He works all day every day when they're when whenever they're open, he's there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's a taskmaster because that's his business and he wants it to succeed. And the more business we have, the more money everybody can make. And it's reflected in everybody's paycheck. When business is good, you're flush. When business is down, eh, not so much. Then I've also worked for the type, uh, this type of person. This type of person gets on my last goddamn motherfucking nerve. This type of person who works hard so they can look around and talk about how everybody else don't work as hard as they do. I somehow don't think that's, that's Musk. I don't think he's that type of, of person at work. Where he goes, well, I'm here... 24-7, and you fuckers don't work as hard as I do, I don't think that's, it doesn't strike, he doesn't strike me as that type of person. He strikes me as that Howard Hughes, damn near obsessed, driven type of person. Yeah. Like, kind of, like you said, kind of a little crazy. A little bit, little bit out there. I, I, give, him a, give, him a, give him a psychological profile, I guarantee you he's got some shit that you'd find in DSM-5. Right, and people laugh it off, like, oh, this is the guy who's going to get us into outer space, this guy who shot his car into orbit. This is ridiculous. You know what? We never would have fucking got on the moon if that was the response to every wild idea that the, the guys in NASA came up with. Yeah, what what way, if we try days. this? What if we try that? And they're like, you fucking out-of-touch idiot, get out of here. I just think it has something to do with people who are doing that, who, people who are criticizing someone who's actually trying to get something done, who's a little crazy, a little eccentric, has a lot of resources. A, it's a good way to attack the bourgeois. You know, the, the, mm-hmm. as I keep saying, the, the people with money and how to... How to sort of demonize them, but I think yeah, it also... It's an easy, safe target. Yeah, but I think it's also got something to do with the fact that they need to make themselves feel like they're not just simple, lazy cunts sitting on their fucking phone complaining and not doing anything and having to look at someone who is. That's, that's the 99% of everybody we know do exactly what we're doing right now to no one and don't do a goddamn thing. They don't get, off, get up off their asses to try to fix anything to try to change anything. They think they're going to do it on their phone. They, they don't even think they're going to do it on their phone. They want to pretend they're going to do it on their phone. They want to look like they're actually attacking and addressing a problem, solving something with 140 characters into Twitter. And then when they see someone who gets up, tries to build a fucking submarine, crazy as it is, or has some solution for at least someone up in Flint, it makes it, it, it sort of highlights, it shines a fucking spotlight on just how little they're doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, it reeks of communism too, right? It's point out like this is it does because it's like saying like oh this person isn't more exceptional than I am. Uh, yes. right? it's the it's this yeah. overcorrection of equality, right? If you want to like, I'll say that whatever dumb fuck on Twitter is as equal to Elon Musk in, as a human being in respect that you know they deserve the same amount of justice. You know, I don't think that. Uh, you know, Elon Musk deserves better treatment from the police than somebody who's poor does just because he has a lot of money or pays a lot of taxes or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if we're going to have everyone come in and have a conversation on how to solve a problem, well, goddamn right, I'm listening more to Elon Musk than I am to the guy who makes ten fifty an hour. Yeah, right. but Aaron, the problem is, is that you don't want Elon Musk to be treated better than, than uh, you know, or poor people to be treated worse than than him if he gets pulled over by a cop. There's a lot of people who want 
him to be treated just as bad as the worst person who's treated when they get pulled over by a cop. Right. That yeah. is the pro. That is, yeah, that is the problem. That, yeah. that is the problem with this forced equality bullshit. When you try to force the 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 equality of outcome, the only outcome you can guarantee is the lowest quality of outcome. Period. Because you're only as strong as your weakest fucking link. Anybody who's been in boot camp knows if someone's fallen out constantly from a formation run and are having to be dragged and picked up and carried, because if they don't drag and pick him, pick him up and carry his ass, then everybody's going to pay for him fucking falling out. You're only as strong as your weakest link. Now, what would, where would our military be if, if boot camp was like, oh, well, this person fell out after three-tenths of a mile. Everybody sit down and take a break till they're ready to run again. Right. Oh, well, this person gets pulled over and calls the cop a cocksucker and refuses to roll down his window. And all he asks is, am I being detained? Am I being detained? And all this bullshit. And basically antagonizes the cop. And so it's just, I don't know. You knew you were doing 10 over the speed limit. You know why the cop pulled you over. Hand him your paperwork. Keep your mouth shut. And get out of there with your ticket or your warning. But no, no. We have to. We, now everybody's going to be treated like this mouthy cocksucker who doesn't do what the cop says. Prop possibly get out of the car and fucking run which makes it which i i this is this is i i'm over this explanation for that shit well they're afraid so you're right. afraid that a cop is going to physically harm you so you just did the one thing to guarantee he's going to physically harm you okay that kind of gets us off into a different conversation i think we've 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 ran over this ground a number of times if i can Get us back to Elon Musk real quick, because there there is one more level to this, right? Mm. He he says that the he uh, pledges to uh, fund this GoFundMe campaign for this one household, right? Gets lambasted for that. Then he comes back and he actually does say he pledges that he is going to make sure that all the houses in Flint have a quality of level, uh, a quality of water uh, above what the EPA recommends, right? And most popular response to that, some Yahoo on Twitter was like, fix the pipes. <laughs> what the fuck? Now he's the government? Right. What are you expecting of this person? Yeah. You know, and uh, it's, yeah. it's what, what good does it do to take someone who is as, has as much faith in humanity as he does and strip him of it? What, what, what are you going to create? You're going to create everything you say you hate. You're going to create a billionaire who goes, fuck you, I got mine. You're going to create Lex Luthor. Oh, maybe, exactly. the rest, maybe the rest of the billionaires already understand that. And maybe Elon is a little dense as well as eccentric. Maybe he hasn't quite figured that out yet. You know, the one thing, maybe he's still idealistic. Yeah, know? exactly. You know, the one thing, I've been around quite a few rich people in my, in my days, believe it or not. And almost to a man, they are jaded. Oh yeah. They they look at poor people and you know right or wrong they look at poor people as people who have made poor choices. More often than not. Mhm. And yeah, these are people you can't help them. They'll just fuck up their lives one way or another. There's nothing I can do about it. Yeah, there's this guy this this dude Andre that I uh, I talked about in my hitchhiking days. He was the guy that uh, got bit by the um brown recluse in the leg, got in his bone marrow, bone marrow. He was terminally ill when I met him. He's dead now. But he, we were sitting on his uh, houseboat oh, out there. Story. In Port- 
Yeah, it really was a great. I'll tell you the whole one one of these days. But he was sitting there, and we're he, we're trying to we're talking about things, and he's talking, giving me pointers on how he made all of his money on Mexican property and all this. And he looks at me, and he's like, you know, debt is a choice. Living poor is a choice. And I was really bothered by that at first. But in in all honesty, from a certain point moving forward, it really most often than not is it's it's a it's a it's a series of choices that you've made to put yourself in a certain position all the way back starting with education if you don't value yourself if you don't value money if you don't value any sort of monetary success you're not going to have it you're not going to find it if you value not working more than you value money you're going to be poor and you're probably going to find yourself in debt i mean it's a really hard thing to oh. come to it's, it's a really difficult thing to hear at some point, but I, I, I understand where he's coming from and where most of the, uh, the the rich people that I've ever met have come from because they're dealing with shit like Elon Musk is dealing with now in Flint. Fix the pipes. Right. Just do it. I mean, do it's it one me. thing to, to be presented with options and to continually choose the wrong one that fucks you over is one thing, but I think there's something to be said for people who who weren't taught how to succeed. Right? I think that's borderline victimization, too. I think self-victimization, I wasn't shown. Well, you never went, did you ever go to try to learn? Well, okay, first uh, of all, how, the okay. Fuck do you, how do you go try to learn something you don't even know exists? It's that's what I'm saying. Of course you know it exists. It, it's no, everywhere. You no, see no, no, it. no, wait a minute. Okay, you raise a kid in a hateful household, you're mm-hmm. going to... Uh, have an adult who doesn't recognize love. And it's kind of the same thing with success or money. Like, if you don't have an example in their lives of how one becomes successful, then it's really difficult to figure that out for yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not, it's not saying that you're, that you're not self-motivated or something like that. You haven't even given been given the basic building blocks. Well, then you also have the problem of you got a lot of people who have the knowledge of how to get to the next level who hold on to it like they're balls and they're not fucking, they're not going to help you because if they do, you're just competition. And that's how they look at it. And I've been fucking told that in the, in the music industry, I've been told that flat out to my face. Why the fuck would anybody who's successful tell anyone who's not how they became successful? Cause then you're just one more person they're fighting for to get their ass in the seat on a Friday night when they're playing. <laughs> that's right. radio. It's but, radio in a nutshell. But, <laughs> but really, yeah. that's how that is how capitalism works, right? Right. The capitalism is about making the pie bigger, right? Communism is this pie is this big, and it's only ever going to be this big, mm-hmm. and we will have to continually divide it up so that everybody gets the same size piece of this pie. And capitalism is like, you want more pie? Let's make a bigger pie so you get a bigger cut next time. I mean, one of the, like, I, I, I very much agree with you to an extent, Todd, on making bad decisions. And then they just, the domino effect starts. It just, boom, the first one falls into the next one, to the next one, to the next one. And one of the things that I've, I've you know, I, I have a friend who is the complete antithesis of the rest of my friends. He's very successful in his job, lots of money. I think he's 40 now, and he just got into, like, a serious, let's buy a house, settle down relationship. And I asked him, how did, how did, how did you get successful like this? And he goes, I didn't spend 
all my 20s and most of my 30s running around chasing women, trying to keep you know a relationship happy. I spent that time making myself a success. And so at 40 years old, yeah, I have a career. I make six figures, well into six figures, by the way. I can afford to do what I want to do. So now I get into a relationship and I, it's, it's not, that's not what I based my entire life around. And I'm like, yeah, I can, I can understand that. That's a bad decision. It's a bad decision to, to get out on your own. And the first thing you do is I got to get into a relationship and I got to have, you know, get married or whatever. No, that's the exact opposite of what we should be doing. Right. You should spend your twenties setting yourself up for success later in life. Well, you need to know who you are, too. I used to have this big thing that I, I talked about uh, that a long time ago, well, like 10 years. But each person, you know, we, we live in a society that wants to determine and define the word success for you, right? And each person's definition of success, at least in my mind, in my opinion, is going to be different based on who you are, if you have any idea who you are. And for one person, that can be chasing a career. Now, if you have more important things, other things that mean more to you, than making money, you can still be, quote-unquote, successful, right? Through your 20s and 30s. But if you come to the point later on in life where you realize that, damn, maybe I was a little short-sighted in constructing that definition. You don't really have any cause to complain and bitch and moan if you don't have money and resent people who do. Well, but once again, you, 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 you front-loaded it, but the back, the back end of that statement is the... Is the is the kicker, is the important part. And resent people who do. Yeah. That's I don't resent what I don't talking resent, about, isn't it? I don't I don't resent people for their success. No, I'm not talking about I, you. I'm talking we're, we were talking about no, Elon no. Musk and the people no, that no, we're no. talking about on Twitter, it sounds like resent him because he has money, so he should do everything that they think he should do. No, no, no. I, I, I exact what I'm what I'm getting at is that I don't resent I say I, I'm just saying me personally, I don't resent people who have success and and you know like oh what, who'd you fuck over to get there? I, well, I mean, to be honest with you, depending on how successful you are, you did fuck some people over. Sorry, that's just all there is to it. I've, I've yet to meet anyone who didn't leave a sour taste in somebody's mouth who is a quote-unquote large financial success. I just, I haven't, I haven't met that person yet. If they're out there, I'd like to meet them and, and sit down and pick their brain. But I resent people who use others to get their success build upon, use other people and build upon what they're doing to get success, get success, and then pull the ladder up behind them and say, uh-uh, you guys aren't allowed to come up behind me. Fuck those type of people. I'm sorry. We don't live in a world where, we don't live in a country where, uh, you know, you, there's 30, it's, like, it's not like you're a quarterback in a, for a professional football team and there's only 32 of those jobs. So when, they, you know, when there's a guy who's, behind you trying to take that job you got to do whatever you can to keep them out of there no if you work at ford chrysler gm what's it gonna hurt to get your buddy in there it's not it's not it's not like it's not like that job's gonna take your job away but there are people who act like that that's what and yeah i got a lot of resentment for them who the fuck are you dude you didn't get where you got on your own nobody's a self-made completely self-made person i don't give a fuck who you are or what you say other people helped you whether it be the school teachers, the parents, the fucking first person to give you a break, you had help along the way. And to act like you did it all on your own, 
And then to put that out back into the world is bullshit in my book. Yeah, you 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 kind of do owe a debt. You need to you need to fucking help people because guess what? That's how you got where the fuck you are. The, when Obama, the idea- when Obama said you didn't build that, I agreed with him. Yeah, it's nice you built a, a big big billion dollar company, but how did you do it? You did it by driving on roads that were paved by people's taxes and hiring employees who were educated through the public school system and and on and on and on. Right. Yeah. It's like the idea of the self-made man, like we just dropped Elon Musk off on an Island somewhere. We came back in 10 years and he's living in a mansion that he built with his own hands. Like none of this happens in a vacuum. But the problem is, is people get confused with, I want help. And here, I want you to do it for me. Yeah, a lot of people find that those two phrases completely indistinguishable. Exactly. It's like when you ask someone, it's like, what's the best guitar player? Really, the question should be, who's your favorite guitar player? People get their favorite and the best mixed up. Yeah. They, they can't distinguish between the two. Uh, I, uh, my mother used to ask me, will you help me with the dishes? And I said, that's a crock of shit. Because helping you with the dishes means I do the dishes. Like just just tell me to do the dishes. Right. When you say, "Can you help me with the dishes?" and then you walk away, help me and do the dishes. <laughs> you know, add, add, there the you right, go. add the proper word in there. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. I I just we talk a lot about victimization on this show, and again, I'm not discounting anything you say, and I'm not I'm not we're not really arguing here. I think we're just taking a couple of different uh, angles and perspectives on this. But I think that's one area where. And not everybody, but a lot of people, I think, um, the victimization, poor me kind of thing, uh, sort of rears its head. And I think a lot of people maybe should look in the mirror and, and ask themselves if they've gotten up on their own two feet and at least walked a significant or a sufficient amount of way toward their own personal, quote unquote, goals or idea of success, rather than having and demanding or wanting someone to bring it to them. I think we run into that a lot. These days. Well, I mean, I, I can, from just personal experience, one of the biggest problems with doing that is that if you take the, the, the I guess, the easy way out and play the victim role, you're going to be criticized relentlessly, rightfully so or not. It doesn't matter. It's just a fact it's going to happen. When you try to stand up and walk on your own two feet and you start cutting, you know, trimming the fat off because, hey, look. If you're not helping me to try to get there, like, I, well, okay, I don't actually need you to help me to get there, but I don't need you to try to drag me five steps back after <laughs> I just fought to go six steps forward. This is all in that Jordan Peterson book. You know, he, once he you start doing this, that, yeah. Yeah, then you're are, an asshole again. That's all right. Yeah, it's exactly it's, right. People that, people that do see themselves as victims, they tend to congregate with other people who see themselves as victims because they can reinforce, you know, the, the narrative to each other. Oh, the system fucked me over, the bitch fucked me over, this fucked me over, blah, 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 blah. But you start walking away from that tribe, all of a sudden, you're sort of an example that these former tribesmen, you become really uncomfortable because it reflects where they are. If if they see you trying to move forward, trying to, I don't know, I hate the word better yourself, but move toward your own definition of success, if it's changed, then they see you as thinking you're better than them all of a sudden because you're actually trying to help yourself. You know, so it becomes a matter then, like you said, of surrounding people who have your best interest in mind and cutting off the fat of the, the, the rest of the people that just want to wallow in the mud. And, and just to clarify, at least in my opinion, my view of it, 
someone having someone else's best interest in mind does not mean doing the work for them. <laughs> no, no. Does not mean, you know, <laughs> like, okay, I've done everything. Here you go. You're all set. It yeah. just, sometimes it's just leave them the fuck alone. Encourage them. Don't you be on what they're trying to do. You know, don't, don't throw your ego into it to make them feel like they're, you know, somehow better than me. By, you know, uh, encourage people. You know, if somebody wants to do something, you, you help them if you can. You encourage them. You support them. You have their best interest. You have their success in mind. It's pretty sense being a friend. <laughs> be honest with you. Well, I mean, it's, but it's, it's also when you, when you start cutting the fat off and you start walking that, that, that road with less hangers on. Yeah. You start really taking a look around and realizing how fucked up people really can be. Oh yeah. I mean, and it's it's like it's kind of scary sometimes for me and this is just this is just me personally. Maybe it's a personality flaw, I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm not as much of a cynic as I think and I'm still somewhat of an idealist, but I look around and I look at the amount of people who absolutely positively use other people with no good intent. No give and take. Just, I'm going to use you for anything I can get from you. And then when I'm done, I'm going to throw you away. And that makes me go, I don't want to deal with any of you fucking people. Because people that are like that are so good at hiding it. You can't see it usually until it's too late. Until you're already emotionally invested. And God forbid if you're financially invested. Because then you're really fucked. And I, I just... it. It, that's where that's where I have a problem with the people who are like you know I, I didn't succeed and or, or life isn't working out the way it should I thought it should for me so the government should come in and give me whatever I need or want or a corporation should or whatever or somebody should come save me subsidize my failure exactly it, it, look man I'll respect you if you tell me I fucked up and I made a bunch of bad decisions based on not my head, but my heart. You know, I got with the wrong bitch. I, I put all my eggs in one basket, and I really shouldn't have. And I fucked myself. Well, all right, cool. Are you are you doing it again? No. Okay. Then I can respect that. And I, I, you know what? I'll try to help a person like that. But it's the person who keeps doing the same shit over and over and over. I mean, we've all seen it. How many of our friends get into a... You've known, be in multiple relationships... And they're basically in the same relationship with the same person over and over again. They just look different and have a different name. You know, it's it's it, whether it be a right. codependent relationship or a, 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 a abusive relationship. I mean, you just you just and you're like, what are you doing? Why? Yeah. Seriously, why would you go back to that well? I feel like we just got off on a ten kilometer long t uh, tangent here. weren't we talking about Elon Musk <laughs> a minute ago? <laughs> It's an interesting track, hey, but where where were we? Where we go, were we headed with that whole thing? Yeah, you I don't know. know. But you know, it goes back to because once again, I can't help but think the people that are attacking him are just like, "You're assholes." Right. It's right. it's nothing's yeah. ever good enough. Resentful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I I I personally I I sort of admire the man at least on some level. I think he's eccentric, and I think he's 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 probably significantly got a significant degree of batshitism in him but at least he's trying at least he's stepping forth into the into the desert trying to create an oasis here and there well i mean okay. he's doing it at least he's trying you know it's no, more than his, most of us are doing well his, i mean look who else had a little bit of batshit in him i mean leonardo da vinci 
Thomas Edison. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they, they had some shit. crazy ideas, and some of them actually fucking worked, you know? Part of, part of being batshit is seeing things nobody else sees, see, seeing things in a different way than anyone else does. That's part of being batshit, and that's part of being a genius. Right. If if Thomas Edison didn't have any successful uh, experiments, all of them failed. He would still have hundreds. He would be just some wacky weirdo if anybody knew about him that like invented all this shit that never went anywhere mm -hmm. but he played the odds you know right. and and was successful with enough of them to balance it all out and now he's a fucking genius yeah well i mean there's also you know, the if, if thomas edison was afraid of what other people were going to think about him and his wacky ideas and decided to keep them to himself or never uh, never go down that path in the first place then well, you, you can apply this in so many different areas. I mean, musicians, actors, comedians, you right. know, it's, it's that, 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 that spark of genius, but it's not genius. It's, it's something eccentric, something different in your mind that nobody else has and nobody else has had. And then the ability to believe in that spark, to nurture it when it's just a spark and sort of just, it's almost like an ember. You're trying to build a fire in the, in the woods, right? And you've got this little spark here that it's, it's, just, it's, it's just this one little thing, and if, if you don't let it go out and you can tend to it, it can turn into something useful later on. But I think a lot more people have that than realize. I honestly believe this. I swear to God. Oh, well, I think certainly. a lot of people I mean, have it, and it's it's crushed early. They either do it themselves or someone else does it to them. I mean, there's there's a work ethic and drive that go hand in hand with the, those wacky ideas. You know, yeah. I I can sit around and and get high as fuck all by myself and think of uh, great ideas for comic books that I think should exist, but I'm not driven enough to sit down and go, I'm going to really learn how to draw really well or or write scripts. And I'm gonna fight. I could do it if I wanted to. I'm just not driven enough to. You know, <laughs> I could probably be a professional musician if I wanted to. I had to face facts that I am just not that driven to do that. And you have to be pretty fucking driven to accomplish things like that. Right. <laughs> Obsessively driven. <laughs> not, yeah. Not, yeah. You you got to really. I mean, it, it, this is the the Ralph Waldo Emerson thing that I was talking about uh, probably last fall. I think maybe when you and I, when the four of us uh, reconnected, is that the, the, he goes into that in self reliance. That right. everybody has that spark, that voice, and you just once you find it, and once you figure out what's yours, what's unique to who you are, that nobody else has, you have got to take that. You've got to put it in a cage and protect it and nurture it because yes. that is the essence of what makes you you and no one else. And I, you know, I don't mean to keep pounding this uh, same point over and over, but I think this gets me back to what my major problem with communism is, right? <laughs> It's the fact that it is so antithetical to that spark. Yeah. yeah. And, and actually, and it, you know, as much as we hate capitalism, capitalism does nurture that in some sense. It, 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 encourage, it encourages entrepreneurism. It, it encourages ideas, unique ideas. It rewards so, directly. Yeah. You're encouraged to create something no one else has done to fill a, a void in the market, right? And that is the antithesis of communism. Conformity at all costs is it ought to be con conformityism, because that's exactly what it is. You will do what you're told, like everyone else, and get the same thing back. Your nonconformity is shaming your neighbors. Yeah, and sending you to the gulag. <laughs> so, yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, we had ideas. I mean, we we've been into this now for I guess an hour, almost two hours now, and uh, we were gonna. That was gonna be, I think, the the main thing was 
sort of the creeping communism. Well, communism creeped into this conversation pretty early on. <laughs> yeah, we've kind of yeah the roadmap's a little uh, a little uh, messy right now, but um, yeah. Well, I mean, let me, let me ask let me ask this question yeah. real quick because I honestly feel this way, and I know that there's people who, no matter what, would not agree with me. If there was a precedent or plural precedents of communism working. I mean, wonderfully. I think you'd be a fool to fucking dismiss it out of hand just because. Well, we're American and we're capitalists, and that's just how that's right. just that's just what that's just what that's the way I grew up, and that's the way I'm gonna be. Yeah, it has nothing to do with that. Yeah, it. yeah, it's a but, failure. But, but, right. It's, we've only seen we've seen very short term gains from it that almost immediately crumble away. I think a lot of people would say China at this point in time, but they're not communists. They are communists, but they're not communists. They are fully immersed in the global market. I, right. Is that, is that the only difference that you see? Or I mean, I, I guess... I'm, I'm not a student of, of communist China, to be honest with you, but I do know that right. they went through a lot of the same famine problems that Russia did under Mao. A lot of people yeah. repeated famines in China. I think some of that was weather-related and climate-related, but that, that is not a communist state, at least economically, not traditional communism. And beyond that, I, I cannot think of one place on earth where communism has been tried in the last 180 years, however, however long it's been since Marx, where it's actually worked. Not one. I know Venezuela's having its issues. I mean, you can see a lot of people, a lot of these pro-communist people we talk to today and we see sort of sprouting forth from the sludge look at Cuba. Oh, they've got health care and they've got blah, 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 blah. They've been living under Castro for 50 years. People who have escaped Cuba, come to the United States on flotillas, are, are just rabidly anti-Castro. Any measures that will take Castro, the Castro family, however you want to look, out of power in Cuba, they're all for it, and they've lived there. So, but yet, some douchebag in Ann Arbor thinks that everything's hunky dory in Cuba because you can go get amoxicillin at the pharmacy. Well, I think it's uh, one of the things that, that I had heard from someone who was trying to sing me the praises of Cuba to me was, well, I mean, look at the fact that you know we had sanctions against them, and and you know we cut them off from the rest of the world basically. And they still have cars from the fifties running around, oh, and, and and I'm like I'm like okay because they weren't getting any new cars. It's exactly they right. Building shit. They, they had to do that. They had to. Necessity is the mother of invention. That you how could you apply? How could you say that's a good thing and that is like a trip and attributed to communism? Right. It's not a sense of nostalgia. They don't have these fifty three Buicks out there because they want them. That's the only thing they have. And wouldn't it, wouldn't now now if it, if if it was they were driving every fucking car on that island was electric they were completely off of fossil fuel as far as cars go because I don't know the government fucking created government motors of of whatever the fuck right you know of Cuba and 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 you know then okay I can maybe go okay some yeah in that aspect yeah something good came out of it but to sit there and try to go well I mean. They don't have a disposable culture like we have because they can't replace anything, stupid. Mm -hmm. right. They're not producing anything. All of Latin America is like that. <clears throat> they don't have a replacement culture anywhere in Latin America that I've seen. They recycle shit because they're poor. Exactly. Because they can't go buy shit. Exactly. It's not, it's not out of some idealism. I mean, in fact, most people that I've met in, in Mexico, and I can tell you this, living in the U.S. and going to Mexico, Latin America, I'm always happy to come back to the U.S. because I can find whatever the hell I want in my town. 
I don't have to go and wait three days on a bus ride to get to a bigger city to go find an adapter for the phone. You know, that's not the case. That's a bad example. Adapters for phones are everywhere, probably even in Uganda at this point. But uh, anyway, just any pick something that, you know, we take for granted here. A lot of times you're not going to be able to find it in even even medium sized Latin American cities. Well, I mean, you know, the one the one thing I've I've said is this might be I, I want I'm not an economist. I have no idea. And it seems like the more I look into so-called, you know, economists and experts, they really don't have any fucking idea what goes on. It's, it's cyclical. Right. It might as well okay, be well, witchcraft. <laughs> they're like, every 10 years, we're going to hit a down point. It's just how bad of a down point we're going to hit. It's like, okay, wonderful. But if there was some sort of hybrid that has worked or that, you know, we could over time make adjustments to and 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 just like anything else if you start trying something new and it doesn't work for you you don't just toss it away right off the bat you go okay well let me try this okay does this adjustment work then maybe i could get on that on that you know that bandwagon but the problem is these people that, that are constantly hammering away at we need to be a communist or a socialist country period they just want overnight change and it doesn't work that way well democratic socialism has been around for a long time that's the closest thing i can think of to a hybrid between uh socialism and pure naked capitalism right but so then why are democratic socialists embracing communism because i don't see how you can have how can you have communism though and still have a representative government reactionary bilateral extremism Mm -hmm. That's how you get, I think, from being a moderate, rational, democratic socialist to embracing communism. You see what's happening over here, that's bad, so let's get just as bad over here. We see the extreme on the right, so we have to swing all the way to the extreme on the left. When you see the bat shit that's coming out of D.C. Uh, with Donald Trump and uh, cast a num- any number cast of characters in D.C., it makes the alternative, the more extreme alternative, more acceptable, I think. It's right. the only thing I can think of. Well, right. You have a lot of conservatives who are, have the attitude of, we know what's best for this country and the people, and people should just listen to us. And liberals are retaliating with... Uh, you know, these, these conservatives are never going to see our way. And the only way that we're going to be able to get our agenda done is, if, is by force, is no by taking over the government, right. taking over the government and forcing people to live their lives a certain way until right. that thought process is, is ingrained in, their, in our culture. is totalitarianism. It's the definition of it. I know. That is the (laughs) definition of being a totalitarian. So if you're a socialist and you're a totalitarian, do I need to do the algebra for you? (laughs) You might be a communist. Yeah, might be a communist. (laughs) And we've been here, man. We've been here. I I, I have this, in preparation for this, I don't think we're going to get to it. I I actually may dust off my podcast this week, and I may have you come over, uh, Aaron, if you're down with this, and and maybe do an episode with me on the, the communist thing, because... Uh, we've been here before. This isn't, we haven't been here before, but the world has been here before where this is going. And, uh, you know, for me, it, it, 
I, I have socialist leaning tendencies, leftist leaning tendencies. I come from, I came from the camp resistance a little over a year ago until they, they went off the fucking commie deep end. And now I've run as rapidly as I can in the other direction. But for me, it comes down to freedom, simple freedom. It's not about socialist policies. It's about thought control. It's about speech control, compelled speech, and attacking fundamental. I don't care if you're a liberal or conservative. If you don't have a belief in fundamental, traditional American values, we're not allies. I'm sorry. We're just not. You're not going to tell me what I can say. You can try, but you, you, it's not going to happen. And what's under attack here is the fundamental culture of freedom and free speech, primarily. The rule of law. Innocent till proven guilty. That is the culture. It's not being legislated yet. The laws aren't in place, but the culture is under attack. And that's laying the framework, the foundations for the laws coming later under the right environment. Well, the sneakier way they're trying to they're trying to get in there with compelled speech is they try to appeal to your rational side. Case in point, you know, I was talking with a friend, and this whole you know trans person is a bio is biologically the gender they transition to. I said, no, they're fucking not. That, that is no biologically they are the gender they were born or sex whatever. However you want to split that hair, they were born as, period. And so he hit me with the, why does that upset you so much? What does it matter? Aren't you, aren't you live and let live? So why do you care if, if someone says that, you know, even though I was born a male and I transitioned to female, I'm now biologically a female. And I said, wait a minute, hold on a sec. Uh-uh. I, there's a difference between live and let live. You want to live in fairy, fairy tale, never, never land. Go ahead. But then you're going to tell me I have to live there too, and I have to agree with it? Aren't you an atheist? Aren't you pissed off when fucking creationists say the world's 6,000 years old? What are you so pissed off about? Right. What, what does it matter? And that's, that's the bullshit. It's the hypocrisy that irritates me. None of this shit is coming from a genuine place of live and let live or let's no. get to the truth. There's no, live and, there's no live and let live involved with this group. It's, oh, it's the, the and it's completely the opposite. They do not want to live and let live. They want to live and impose. And, and that's the, where we have a problem. On one hand, tell me that you don't want people to believe the world's 6,000 and some odd years old because that's what they added up everybody in the Bible and that's what they come up with. And that we didn't live like the Flintstones and we didn't ride dinosaurs to work and shit because that's not a, you know, a scientific fact. And you want to you make sure that we live in as factual of, of a society as we can, if you tell me that, then I'm assuming you mean across the board. But when you start having set-asides and start making excuses for people who fall along your train of thought because you're afraid of offending them, which, let's be honest, that's anyone who's, who tries to say they're biologically the, the, the sex they transition to, are most likely pretty fucking left leaning. I'm going to I'm going to venture a guess on that one, right? They don't, so they don't want to piss off their, their 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 potential allies. I'm like, no, that's not that's not how this works. And it, I mean, it, it it's terrifying enough that there is a disregard for history to the point where they just want to rewrite history. Oh, well, that's, again, that goes back. That goes back to Stalinism as well. I mean, they they purged people from the history books. They 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 took 
I, I think I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. They took photographs and literally scrubbed people like, I think, uh, well, and it wasn't, uh, who am I thinking of? Uh, the guy with the ice pick. Uh, who am I, th- who, what's his name? The guy with the that, ice pick? The guy yeah, with the lobotomies? No, no, he was killed in Mexico City with an ice pick. Um, oh. uh, Stalin's political enemy. It's not Tol. I keep wanting to say Tolstoy. He's the author. Um, whatever. Um, Trotsky. Like, I, I think there are images of people like Trotsky who have been literally, literally scrubbed from photographs to erase them from history. They've been taken completely out of any documents, mentions, anything. It's like they didn't exist. Yeah. That's terrifying to me. And that's... That scares... It, it ties... It, it ties into what you were saying. I, I, I caught the tail end of it. I think I was in the bathroom. You were talking about the cartoons, right? And how you can't see cartoons, certain cartoons. They're just taken away. They are just gone. Just mm-hmm. erased from the record. And, so, I, and I guess what I, what I was trying to, and just to, real quick, what I was trying yeah. to say is I understand why ABC doesn't play Looney Tunes, those cartoons anymore. Sure, because they would lose their sponsors. But those cartoons are part of American history. Good, bad, ugly, it does not matter. History, got, and it, now we're getting into should territory, which is dangerous, but history should not be rewritten by whoever's in control at the time, even though that's exactly what the fuck happens most of the time. People history, who don't know history are doomed to repeat it. Exactly. Show mm-hmm. those cartoons in classes. Give mm-hmm. the context of when those cartoons were created. Show the fact that this is this is what we're capable of, not as Americans, folks, not as white Landowners, folks, this is what we're capable of as humans. When we go to war with another culture, we demonize them and make them animals. Look at look at what they did with, I mean, even Germans were fucking white for fuck's sake. They didn't even refer to them. Krauts, everything else. They, they had all types of fucking, you know, derogatory names for them. And then look at, look at some of those cartoons going back to... The Japanese, they didn't portray them in their best light either. Oh, hell no. Those old World War II era cartoons, man, are something. If you've never seen those, uh, you can find them. I mean, you have to look real hard. Uh, But if you've never seen the World War II era, like Bugs Bunny cartoons, Warner Brothers, I think. Was that Warner Brothers back then? Yeah. 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 If if whoever, whoever did it, go find them and watch them. They are disturbing. But I mean, once again... How else can we learn about history if we're yep. so busy trying to hide it and, and, and excise it from, the, from, from reality? Because, well, we don't want people to look at it. But then, then there's the other thing of we can't get hung up on shit either to the point where we can't see the forest for the fucking trees, which is, you know, oh, man, America was built on slavery and American slavery and American slavery. White people, you need to fucking, you need to let, you know, go find the first black guy you can find when you walk out your front door and let him fuck your wife, man. I mean, that's just all there is to it because of slavery. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's a shameful part of our past, but slavery still exists. It existed before the United States ever existed. It's existed back to the... The pyramids, slavery gets shit done. What the fuck you want me to fucking say? So, what, but why is that not shame heap upon these people? Look at the, that. You can't get hung up on that shit. Just teach the fucking facts. And the facts are, we are capable of some very fucking horrible, disgusting behaviors towards our fellow human beings. And try to learn from it that we don't repeat those same mistakes. You know, I... Uh when we were talking earlier about liberals and totalitarianism, 
Uh, made me think of the most recent season of Luke Cage, actually. And this will be a spoiler if uh, if you haven't finished watching the season yet. Might want to skip a little bit ahead. But here's here's the basic story of what happens to Luke Cage in this season, right? He starts out very idealistic. He's the hero of Harlem. He's going to solve all these problems. He's got people coming up to him about my brother's into this shit and my sister got in trouble and he's going to he's going to solve everyone's problems, right? And he's a he's a good guy. He has good intentions. He wants nothing but the best for his neighborhood and the people that live in it. And he has to go up against all these gangs. There's this gang war in in Brooklyn. And he spends this all these fucking 13 episodes of this uh, of the show. Uh, trying to get in between these gangs and stop them from killing innocent people and killing each other. And it's just constantly getting out of control. And he's constantly frustrated with this and he can't do anything. And he actually gets to the point by the final episode, his only course of action that he can see is to actually fill the void himself. When one of the crime bosses dies, he steps in and runs that territory. He has to become a crime boss in order to fight. He feels like he's been put in a situation where it's necessary, right? In order to fight the evil that he sees, he has to essentially become it. Now, I there's probably going to be a season three, and we're probably going to see that shit go way wrong, because how else could it go? But that's where the liberals are right now. Right? They start out idealistic and they just want to help people and we just want these people to have, enjoy the same things that these other people are enjoying. That's great. We all do. As long as we can find reasonable ways to accomplish that. But your only reasonable way is to become the totalitarian that you claim to hate. And what's going to happen you're going to be you're going to become the oppressor. Well, isn't that? I mean, unfortunately, just the the, the cycle of of power and control yeah. in in humans. I mean, the best we can hope for is long, long periods where there's just polite disagreement with little flares, flare ups, and we go back to polite disagreement. I mean, <clears throat> you know. You, I I watch I'm watching uh, uh, recently the uh, Ken Burns documentary on, on the Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. And I'm only four episodes in. I think it's like twelve or something like that. Because um, you know Ken Burns isn't known for his brevity. Um, <laughs> he doesn't need to be. <laughs> no, actually, as long as you like what he's talking about, you'll sit and watch all of it. Oh yeah, Base, baseball being the, the the one that you know even I... casual fans have watched that thing with me. I've consumed that thing a few times and not had a problem. <laughs> exactly. Um, whereas it bore Aaron in tears. <laughs> Sports. <laughs> but, I mean, it was interesting to see the division that was in the country, but it was also, I don't know how to explain this. Now, it's only, to, it, like I said, I'm only to the fourth episode that only takes you up to, I want to say, late 67. But in the anti-war movement, at that point, at that point, the anti-war movement had been going on since 63. It just really didn't reach mainstream 
you know, it, it wasn't starting to get mainstream coverage till about 65. But how, I don't civilized they were with each other. Like they had, they had professors and students in what they called teach-ins, not sit-ins, not protest, teach-ins. And there would be an auditorium full of students and a stage full of professors. And the professors would get up and speak and they would present their opinion. And they had a, you know, their, their opinions varied as much as the, you know, them themselves did. And everybody would have a conversation and talk. And there wasn't this rush to get up to the front of the stage and shut and, you know, shut down this misogyny, shut down this, you know, patriarchy, shut down this, this colonialism and, you know, people yelling, Oh, we have a protester, get him out of here. And, you know, if you beat his ass, I'll pay your, your, your legal bill. If you punch him a couple times on the way out, it wasn't all of that. And it's just amazing. I, I have to think something's gotten lost. And what I really think it is, is that I hate to say it, man. I hate to say it, but it's the lack of self-awareness of people. You have Antifa, anti-fascist. We hate fascists. Why? Because they killed 6 million people. Yet they're running around with a hammer and sickle on their fucking shirts. 60 million people died in Stalin's exactly. Russia. So, that, so where, where is the consistency here? And it's the, it's the complete lack of and don't give a fuck to know about history. And it's really, it's, it, it's really scary. And I know I harp on that, but it comes back to it. Almost every time I see one of these major flare-ups or something, the nonsense that comes out of people's fucking mouths, like, uh, uh, oh, what was the shit this week? Uh, cultural appropriation over dreads. And the argument that started over that, and then, and then people all of a sudden turned into to, to fucking archaeologists and shit, and they were saying, well, I could prove that Vikings had dreads because they never washed their hair, so technically it's blah, 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 blah. And it's it, stupid, right? It's, <laughs> it's, just, it's, right. A, it's so, a fucking hairstyle! Okay. Okay. Easy. Okay. Easy. Okay. Put your headphones on. That hurt. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's 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 like a race to the bottom of the stupid pit. Yeah, you know, no, so you... One of the actual responses on Twitter was Zach Efron has started a race war. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the, ground zero yeah. the race war, then we deserve to be wiped off the face of the planet. I'm waiting for the Doobie Brothers song to be renamed Cultural Appropriation Grove. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I, honest, honestly, I, I look. I, I lay a lot of blame at the feet of the, of, of the right, but I, I, yeah, maybe I'm getting older, maybe whatever. I'm getting more conservative, but I, this cultural Marxism is get has gotten out of hand. It's gotten to the point where it's not even. Even if I wanted to try to defend it, I don't know if I could using facts. I would just have to just shut my brain off and go mm-hmm. how I feel. Yep. Well, I feel this. Right. And, you know, that's what matters is our feelings. Yeah, there's a whole, there's a big article on Quillette about that that I posted a, a while back. I'll see if I can find it again. I'll throw it in the group chat because that's that's one thing that they pointed out. It's a really long article, probably 5,000 words or so, but it's about how uh, feelings have taken over for facts. And your experience matters more than collective reality. Well, let me ask you guys a question real quick. You get even if you haven't read the book, you're aware of the book The Stand by Stephen King, right? Yeah. Yeah, I read the Yeah, I think I read that one. I did probably okay. thirty years ago. Okay. Well there's a character in there, Harold. And he's he's kind of like a you know, he's he's a confused kid and he ends up being a yeah, bad guy who fucks over people in the in the I, in the I did the read good, that one. Okay. In the good guy in the good guy camp. 
Well, anyways, at one point, he has a journal that he puts his thoughts in. And there's a quote from this journal that says, they said that the two great human sins are pride and hate. Are they? I like to think of them as the two great virtues. To give away pride and hate is to say you will change for the good of the world. To embrace them, to vent them, is more noble. That is to say the world must change for the good of you. Now, every character, when, when that, in, in the book, when that passage was read out loud in the book to the characters said, wow, that's a very sick mind. That is the mindset of most people that are younger than me these days that are on these political extremes. That the world needs to change for them. That their hate and 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 and, and pride, those are virtues now. Right. I, I again I the only thing that I keep coming back to is the thing I keep harping on for the last few months is religion. Religion wants to save everyone or wants to I don't know wipe them out, wipe the savages out if they won't convert to their religion of choice, right? That's what this reminds me of. Where you're in a position where if you're if you think that pride and hate is a virtue, so the world will conform to the quote-unquote good in you. You've deemed yourself God. You've deemed yourself on the side of the proverbial God. Therefore, there is no wrong. There is, there is no wrong inside of you. That's what I keep thinking of when I hear this stuff. I mean, you're talking about, your, and, and rightfully so, I'm not, I'm not challenging and contradicting anything you're saying, but the stupid arguments, I think that they come out of people's mouths, they're constructed in their brains, or they're reread and make sense, and they're actually ingested, as ridiculous as they are, because they put themselves in a doctrinaire position, where their position is unquestionably right, and it will, however you shape it, and however you construct the bullshit argument doesn't matter because you're right so any kind of um uh contradictions don't matter because it's it, it, it the the ends justify the means it's heaven right however you can get to heaven doesn't matter how you get there as long as you get there and the, the ideological religion of choice is heaven it's the promised land that's the only thing that makes sense right but, see, I but, 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 but once again it's i, I don't see it, it. I don't know. Maybe I'm just too close to it because I am a white male and I'm straight. But I can understand the end game for hardcore racists and shit. They just want an all-white country. They want an all-white culture. That's that's what they want. Now, I don't agree with it. I don't think it's it's a, a, a an, even an, a, a semi-intelligent way to go about moving forward into the future. Right. But at least there's a stated goal there. There's a there's a point to their fucking rhetoric. If, what is if, the point to communist this this this, this 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 cultural Marxism rhetoric? What is the point? Because it depends on who you ask. It seems like you get if you ask ten different people, you get ten different answers. It's, it's well, it's always been the manifestation of utopia, the paper paradise, the paper social paradise that you can create on paper and you can write it out and you can script it, you can construct it in little sketches and shit. But when you try to bring it into the real world, it doesn't work. I mean, logically, if not agreeably. Now, you have to be very clear on this. I am not agreeing with this. But logically, an all-white America, from the standpoint of the white nationalists, is more achievable than a diverse utopia using the means of unity via division. It's far more likely to happen. In fact, I think it's impossible to achieve unity via division. And that utopian sort of dream. Now, I'm not agreeing with white nationalists. I have to. I feel like I have to repeat that. But logically, that is easier and more, much more likely to be achieved than this utopia that the far left is is trying to construct. This forced equality. 
forced mediocrity is what it is. Well, and also, if you're never satisfied, if the dragon's never slayed, then what is the, what is the end game here? No, you always have a battle. Exactly. I mean, we which talked about back, that earlier. You need which, that. <laughs> which goes back to what I was saying, which is, and these are the people who like to think they're, they're more enlightened and, and, and evolved than the rest of us, you know, knuckle dragon, mouth breathing, you know, straight white males and all this shit. We're so much more enlightened. And right. it's like, really? Is, is, because right. if, there is, if, 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 you could, if you could give me an example of something, like Chris said something once that shocked the shit out of me. Chris goes, I believe if it's a necessity that it should be provided for. There's no reason that anyone in this country should be drinking dirt, shit, water, contaminated water, et cetera, et cetera. I 100% agree with that. You know, absolutely. Yeah. And coming from Chris, arguably the most conservative person on this podcast. And yeah, I guess I, I am taking a shot at him by saying that, even though he did say it himself. But I mean, it, it kind of shocked me, I have to admit. But I mean, I agree with it as well. Now, the problem is, is it doesn't stop there. It never stops there. And then it becomes everybody's pet cause. But what happens when these pet causes start coming to odds with each other? I mean, you have, you have in the LGBT community, right now a, a pretty big rift going on due to trans people that no trans male to female trans female they're not real females they don't know the, the the oppression that real females have ever had so they they shouldn't be considered part of the community and then there's well there's no such thing as bisexual because sexuality is a social construct and it's a spectrum so bisexuality is implying that there's a binary part to sexuality and so that has to be gotten rid of and i mean if you go if you go into the the, the pages where they debate this stuff or you go online and you look at sites where they debate this stuff they rip each other apart just as viciously as they rip into the to the trump bots and i mean if that's their utopia no fucking thank you it just it doesn't make any sense the whole the whole notion of unity via division and uh, um, um, identity politics makes no logical sense. How do you do that? How do you how do you expect that to succeed? Where is the utopia going to spring forth from that business model? If you just create keep creating these micro demographics for people to huddle into and then throw rocks at the next micro demographic, how do you expect people to unite underneath that? I don't get it. I've never gotten that. I've never gotten a good answer to that. I, you and me both, man. And I, I've asked the question to people, and I get the runaround. I get well if there wasn't if there wasn't the patriarchy and and, and uh, systemic systemic white uh, supremacy, then we wouldn't have these problems. I mean, Jesus Christ! I even worked with a guy one time. He was an older black guy, and he told me he has high blood pressure because of racism. That high blood pressure is the black man's curse from the white man's racism. And I said, okay, okay well, I have high blood pressure. And Who are you blaming? Uh, appropriate in this culture, then. Yeah. yeah I know. Right? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? God, I, really wish, I really wish this was... I, I knew that term 15 years ago, so I could have said that. That's your high blood pressure. Well played. But no, I mean, but it's when you have someone who believes something like that, and it's something that it's a, it's a book. It's really look. This is what I've tried to explain to people who go: we need to end racism and sexism and homophobia and and all that. And I'm like, end it. It's never going. You can't. It, it's a thought. It's inside someone's head. 
Right. It reminds me of the old V for Vendetta thing, you know, at the end where he's uh, uh, in the in the tunnel and he's doing, you know, killing everybody. Mm-hmm. And he's like, uh, ideas are bulletproof. You can't kill an idea. And that was, you know, right. sort of written and performed as an inspirational thing. But that works both ways. You can't kill an idea. You can't kill a thought. You can't rhetorically shoot it 53 times and make it die. It keeps going. It's not something that you can uh, intentionally eradicate. It's not like you're going to call Orkin, and Orkin's going to come over and fumigate racism. Doesn't happen. Well, I mean, we're we're getting. Pr- let's be honest, though. Uh, we're edging ever closer into, especially with everyone having a fucking television studio on their phone, and everybody whipping out their phone and, and recording everybody doing everything that they they don't like. We're getting really close to. If you're in the wrong crowd wearing the wrong shirt, the wrong hat, it could get pretty fucking dangerous and, 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 and turn into a, a mob mentality very quickly. I mean, the two, the two examples I'm thinking of this week is the lady that was wearing a, a Puerto Rican uh, uh, flag T-shirt Jesus, yeah. and, and the, the guy that was uh, in a college bookstore with a MAGA hat on. Mm-hmm. Now, now the old white guy that was yelling at the lady in the in the Puerto Rican T-shirt was an idiot. Uh, this is America, and I'm like, <laughs> did someone explain to him what Puerto Rico is to America because I don't have right. the patience. <laughs> okay, so he's just an idiot, old racist. The other one was a little bit more concerning because it was a woman who appeared to be in her twenties, walked right up, grabbed the hat off the man's head, and started physically threatening him and saying that she has the right to do this and he has no right to wear that hat because that hat signifies genocide and racism and sexism and homophobia and i'm just like uh where does this end where does it end because right i mean somebody's gonna get shot eventually you go grab the wrong person's hat that's coming right the fact is that that any individual, including that man wearing the MAGA hat, has the freedom to be racist, homophobic, misogynist, whatever the fuck he wants, right? Just like he's free to swing his arms around in whatever fashion he sees fit. But as soon as they come in contact with somebody's face, then we got a problem. And as soon as you start trying to apply your racist, bigoted, misogynist, homophobic thoughts and, and use that to uh, curb somebody else's rights, then we got an issue. But, yeah, if we're going to get into policing thoughts, that's a road nobody wants to go down. Yeah, I mean, this, this reminds me... I mean, me, you yeah. may think you want to go down it, but you're not going to like the results. Oh, no, definitely not. It, it reminds me, again, going back to Stalin. And um, I did a lot of research on this <laughs> today. Well... Relatively, anyway. I usually fly by the ass of my pants, but I did some research today. And uh, back in uh, the 30s, early 30s, there, you know, I remember I was talking about how um, they needed to eradicate religion to sort of instill the new communist religion within the people, right? The new right. Uh, holy land or the promised land to get to with your toil or whatever you want to call it. And they were attacking uh, early on, uh, maybe 10, 15 years after the revolution, church processions, like students, college students. And like a midnight procession for Easter, they would go out and basically do exactly what that woman did to the man wearing the MAGA hat. But they'd do it in groups. 
they would attack them. I don't know if they physically attacked him as much as jeered him, but either way, I mean, she didn't physically attack this man, but it's the same idea. And the only way I think that you can really justify that is if you have this sort of religious mindset that you are uh, against the, the, the national religion now. How else could you, how can you justify that in your mind other than that, other than having that sort of certainty, that sort of religious fundamentalist certainty in your position? How can you justify going up to a man, taking his hat off and yelling those things at him? It's so immediately and directly contrary. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 asked, I, I, I asked my brother, I said, where does this end up with? And my brother gave a, a, a pretty typical response for him. He goes, oh, it ends up with someone running over a protester in Charlottesville. Or excuse me, he goes, it ends up with a white supremacist running over a protester in Charlottesville. And I said, okay, I understand that's where you want it to go because it gives you more ammo. But let's be honest here. At what point does our rights come into play here? Because in both cases, as far as I saw, now I, I, I will say that the, the guy with the lady who took his hat, the MAGA hat, uh, he stopped recording when the cops showed up. I think he was told by the police to stop recording when they showed up at the, at the uh, uh, library. All right, so... Well, that was a mistake. He didn't have to. No, exactly. That's, to me, I'm like, now, now, that, now I want to see what happens. Exactly. Yeah, me too. Before it was just prologue. I want to see the meat of the fucking story. How does this? How does this book end? All right. The other one is the cop that the lady was going. Excuse me. I'm feeling very offended and threatened by this man. As far as I saw in the video that I did, he never laid a finger on her. He was being an asshole to her, but the cop was like, "All right, basically break it up, go your own ways." He no longer has a job. Now we're getting to the point where the left constantly decries police brutality what did exactly did they want him to do to this old man did they want him to to to, to taser him to pistol whip him i mean what would be okay because i i don't i don't understand what their beef is to the point where they they sat there and they protested until he lost his job he diffused it's a it. purge it's an economic right. purge man isn't, right. it, it, isn't the job of police to de-escalate a situation ideally Ideally, I understand I had to add that in. Well, in the case of where it's just a disturbance and it's not like a clear crime going on, then yeah. Okay. So if he tells this old racist fuck, hey, look, go on about your business, kick rocks, motherfucker, and he goes on about his day, and this chick's still saying, well, I'm not satisfied. Well, he's no longer in your face, and he's no longer yelling that it's your no. anti-American or whatever. Right. That's all I can do to him. What, what, right. that, the the right. question you, you ask is important. What do you want? What does the woman want? Does she want him put in jail for wearing a MAGA hat? What is what what, what would satisfy her offense and the pain, the emotional pain that having Look. to lay her eyes upon that hat caused? What would satisfy you, Moonbeam? The the new religion is acceptance, right? And if you don't accept that, then we'll no longer accept you. Which goes back to the uh, the old is it how can you be tolerant of intolerance? And you get caught up in that circle of bullshit, and people will start rational. The tolerant people will start rationalizing their intolerance towards right. people. Yeah, but, exactly. Different but beliefs, you know, right? The the reason that people are able to live in that cycle of thought comfortably is because it's a reward system, right? It, maybe their brain goes down that road every now and again, but 
my God, you know, my 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 pro-communist tweets and my anti-mega tweets are like, you know, getting thousands of likes. Right. I'm right. doing I'm doing something. Right? right. Well, there's well, I mean, it's it, it to me it also It's a good point. There's a there's a very fine line that has been so far pretty much left unspoken because it's a it's a ugly fact of the of the situation to get into but like with the whole uh Huckabee Sanders getting thrown out of a restaurant and mm-hmm. all this shit you know basically Stephen Miller throwing away uh, hundreds of dollars worth of sushi because he was mad at the people who made it <laughs> you know because they so many told him off you know it's it it's it's whenever i hear someone who defends it they defend it by saying well they can refuse service for any reason as long as it doesn't violate the equal rights amendment or the um, civil rights civil, civil, civil rights thank you yeah. so basically as long as it's not based on gender nationality uh ethnicity etc right so as long they, as you don't call her a fat white bitch when you kick her out <laughs> so exactly now we all know that if Maxine Waters was kicked out of a place because someone disagreed with her politics, Racist. the first the what? first card that's getting dealt from the bottom of that deck is the race card. Yeah, and somebody's getting a lawsuit slapped on them. So once again, you're using a system that you claim to want to tear down and in and empowering it because eventually it's going to get to the point where. Just like in D.C., because if this had happened in D.C. proper, you can't refuse anyone's service based on their political beliefs. That that owner would have committed a crime. He could have been, hand, I mean, he wouldn't have gone to prison for it, but he'd have been fined for it. So, I mean, is that, is that what we want? We want more laws like that? I mean, personally, I don't. You know, I'm really confused <laughs> at, what the, at what the end game here is, because... I don't see a way where you can get communism from a uh, you know representative government that we have in a capitalist society. The you two know, are the, mutually the exclusive. Only, you can't the, do that. The, the only way that you can is by actually having a real revolution. Right. And I, I don't think they have the stomach for it. Right, yeah. especially as long as they're still trapped in that reward system, they they're not going to have the stomach for it. They, you know what I think? I don't think they they, they can actually, be they can be a revolutionary without any real consequences. That's the thing, right there. And I think that uh, I don't think they have the stomach for it either. But I think they think they have the stomach for it. I don't think yeah. they really have a comprehension of what this means. Because I think if you're going to be a real revolutionary, you got to decide who goes up against that wall. If you don't want to make who goes up against the wall and gets shot, and if you don't have the the stomach to make that decision, then then you're done. Yeah, (laughs) I don't think they understand quite. I I I honestly I don't think that they do comprehend what where we're headed here. Because that's it's exactly right. I don't know of is there is there a communist country anywhere that has gone communist without? I mean, revolution is like the magic word in communism, right? They always, they always sort of deify the revolution and the revolutionaries. The revolution is always going on. Yeah. You're counter-revolutionary, therefore you're, you know, a socially undesirable, ideologically impure, right? So it, it, do they, if that's the case, I've seen revolution, political revolution thrown around like it's uh, 
I don't know like what, but it's it's thrown all over the place. A new political revolution, political revolution. But the the country is itself is evenly split. How do you have a political revolution? How do you impose that revolutionary those revolutionary ideals onto the other half of the country without having an actual literal revolution? I think that people have gotten a little. I think I think that they're kind of seeing the revolutionary idea. I think that they think it's going to be like activism, like they're going to be sitting on their phones and they're going to be, you know, disseminating leftist propaganda, and that's going to be the thing that does it. No, it's not. You're going to have to get your. I, I'm going to talk directly to you, uh, little would-be communists. You're going to have to get your ass in the streets, and you're going to have to look a few rednecks in the face, and you're going to have to deal with them fighting back. What are you going to do with them? What are you going to do with these folks? How are you going to combat them? How are you going to bring them to your side? Mm-hmm. Well, there, you, you kill them or you use the government to put the boot on the neck. I think you need to repeat that. You either kill them or you use the government to put the boot on the neck. Are, do you have the stomach for that? There's also something that, I mean, I understand that that is the, the, you know, the number one issue. Like, when you get these, you know... Oh, so sensitive, I need my safe space type people. They're really going to go out and, and lead the revolution? No. But dig a little bit deeper, and you start dealing with some truths that, that they're not going to want to deal with, which is when the power goes out, and it is Mad Max time, they're the first ones on the fucking chopping block. Oh, fuck yeah. They bring nothing to the table as far as survival. Not a goddamn thing. I bring more than they do. <laughs> okay. And then you got to think about it like this. When it comes time to kick the power back on, if there are two warring ideologies and one is more right-wing, more traditional, more we're going to make sure the fucking trains run on time versus we're going to make sure the trains show up whenever everybody feels like they should show up, you're going to lose a lot of techies to the right because those are people who want the trains to run on time. When they hit enter on the keyboard... They want it to do what it's supposed to do. Not, they don't want to get into a fucking philosophical discussion about how their computer feels about what they just asked them to do. They want to do what I fucking tell you to do. And I don't, I don't think like these people haven't really thought this through to the point where what what are you what are you going to do for food? What are you? Are you gonna, the government's going to give it to us. We're communists. But you have to overthrow the government. So what are you going to do in the meantime? You'll starve to death waiting to install your government, even but if it I, happens quick, fast, and in a hurry. I have three kale plants up in the loft. I'll eat kale. Yeah, again, yeah, they don't have any... Right. I don't think they have a concept of this. No, and I think, you know, if we if we had a young communist uh, here to defend themselves, I think they, they might kind of scoff at where our conversation is going to, oh, you're being ridiculous. And that's where we're not talking about killing people and some sort of metaphorical revolution. Well, it's not a revolution then, right? It's there's not. No you, such, there's no such thing as a metaphorical revolution. Exactly. There's no, you're, you're not going to just magically wave a wand over the country. Now, metaphorical revolution is called reform. Right. There's that's what you're really talking that. about. You want to get your people elected into government that hold your views. That's great. That's what this country is, is theoretically based on, right? And, and it, you know, if you can mobilize enough people to, to get that done, well, then you've, you've played within the system and you've done it well. That is not a revolution. 
Right. Well, you know, you, uh, you need to stop using that word unless you're really very, serious about it. Would be a it. very, very good idea. You know, Todd, you've you've said multiple times on the show that you know if it was a choice between the left's version of Trump and all that entails with you know a horrible straight white male, what's wrong with you? Versus voting for Trump again, he'd gladly fucking vote vote for Trump. Well, I mean, I honestly was sitting. No, it's not. I, I, hold on, hold on. I, I did not vote for Trump the first time, so I did not. It wouldn't be voting for Trump again, but I would vote for him. Yeah, in twenty twenty. If given that scenario. I think gladly is a stretch, too. No, not at this point. Like, you wouldn't skip to the polls. At this point, I do not have an alternative. There is no thought to be put into this. Yeah. You know, you, you were talking about being able to see the forest through the trees earlier, Rich. And this is a real simple decision for me at this point. That I'm going to... It, it reminds me of what I talked about last week with the white and the red army. You know, and how there were Soviet soldiers fighting on the side of Hitler. They were not pro-Nazi. They were anti-communist. They were fighting against the, the plague in their own country, right? Mm -hmm. you ha if you have got to choose between two vile choices, yet you have to make one, and historically there's not a proper choice, you do it in the interest, in your own self-interest. I don't care. I am not required to vote for somebody else's self-interest. I am not required by ethics or anything else to do that. Nobody well, is. Now, hold on. Hold on. And to get back to the forest through the trees thing, sorry, I got off on a tangent there. Uh, th it's real simple for me. I don't give a shit about LGBT rights. I don't give a shit about abortion. I don't give a shit about anything else beyond the rule of law, facing your accusers, innocent till proven guilty, freedom of speech, things core, Amer just fundamental American values, things that make this country what it is. Nothing. I, nothing else. It went, it went, given, given that, I, if I have to vote for or against that, the erosion of that, the erosion of the culture of free speech, the rule of law, habeas corpus, mm -hmm. McCarthyism, there, there is no choice to be made here. I don't have to like Trump. I can't right. stand him. But all of this stuff is, being, is under attack from one side of the political spectrum, one side of the wildly radicalizing political spectrum. There is no choice here. Not anymore. And well, it also follows that, you know, if, it, if you have in place the things that you, you said you're for, that America stands for, the rule of law and all that, these other things do tend to fall in place, right? You, if, you, uh, if you hold freedom as an ultimate value, if everyone did in this country, then we wouldn't be arguing about the rights of mothers. This would be a no-brainer. Again, I, you're, to me, when you say that, you're muddying the issue. I, I understand no, where you're coming I'm, from. I'm not bringing up. I'm just saying that, like a lot of these problems that people are are attacking directly, would be solved. Choose another example. I, I would use the Second Amendment rather than abortion. Okay. I mean that that's all because there are. <laughs> it's really easy to walk down that road and muddy the conversation. That's all I'm saying. I would use something else other than that. But you're right. I I understand and agree with the premise of your thought. That if you yeah if you're if you're voting in favor of these things if these institutions these freedom institutions are strong most of this other stuff isn't even an issue but it's not is it those institutions and the culture is under attack it's what we've spent most of this show talking about it's what we yeah. spend most of all of the shows talking about how the culture is under attack the culture of free speech the culture of the rule of law facing your accusers 
not being denunciated and put on public show trials. That's what we're talking about. We talk about it all the fucking time. So I, I challenge you two to tell me how I am expected or should be expected to vote any other way in 2020. Uh, I, that's not where I was going with it, but I, 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 I can't. Okay. You said all this last week. And I said to Aaron, I'm like, I can't say I would never vote for Trump because I learned quite a while ago to, to never say never because um, it's a good way to set yourself up to have to eat your words. Uh, but I mean, I, I can't imagine who, who, who they could throw out there that make me go, I have to vote for Trump. I have to. I have, I have no other choice. It's in, it is a matter of self-interest slash survival for me to vote for Trump. I just, I can't. I, you know, to me, I don't think they. I don't think it matters at this point. It's not the candidate that matters. It is the momentum, the cultural momentum, the creeping communism. I, I, I did this pad, podcast called "Slithering Fascism" back in 2014. Now it's creeping communism. The bilateral radicalization, the pendulum swings, have given us two opposing choices. The only thing I can. The only thing I can say about Trump that is even somewhat remotely appealing to me is that I don't think the the evangelical Christians have their hooks as deep in him as they'd like to think they do. Fair enough. Uh, which, 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 and, and the reason I, and it's not, it's not a religion thing. It's just, I don't think that he's as likely to start making, trying to enforce religious beliefs as the rule of the land because of that. Whereas yeah. someone like Bush I could see it a little bit more. The problem was Bush was just so fucking incompetent, and we all know Cheney was running that fucking White House. Fair enough. I, I don't need I don't need to to have any sort of I don't need to support Trump. I don't need to sit here and defend the piece of shit. Do you understand? This is this is like saying let's go back to the the red uh, the Red Army thing after Germany invaded. So you're fighting on the side of Hitler. Say something nice about Hitler. You don't need to do that. He loved his dogs. <laughs> yeah, Blondie was awesome. <laughs> and he fucked his niece or something. But wait, that's not positive, is it? No. <laughs> my bad. But you, you get my point. Th this isn't a support vote for Trump. This isn't something that I. This is such a, a, a ridiculous conversation. When you're given two terrible choices, you're given the Hitler Stalin choice, and you're forced to vote for something, and you're forced, forced to choose one, it doesn't mean that you're sitting here singing the praises of the one you voted for because the other is vile. Okay, but hold this is this is even beyond the the, the 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 lesser of of two evils thing. I mean, this is a fundamental primal attack on American institution. But Freedom of speech and the rule of law. That's it. Hold on one sec cuz this goes this goes to what I, I was I was talking with Aaron about before we started. This is the Democrats and the Republicans giving us both a big pile of shit. And saying, this is your choice, and you better choose between them. What will, and if we dare go, I'm not choosing, I'm, I'm not eating shit either way. Fuck you. How dare you fucking tell me I have to eat shit? Then yeah. you get attacked because what's wrong with you? Why right. can't you just play the game that's been set up so carefully over hundreds of years? That, that's fair. I mean, it, it, that, that is fair. And I, I batted the idea around that I just won't vote. I'll let you fuckers figure it out, and I'll adjust accordingly. And that was up until the last few months, maybe the last six months, maybe a year, where I started to see the attack on innocent until proven guilty and really started to see the attack on free speech. Because the problem now, is, I don't think, I don't, I, I agree with you, 
But here's real quick, because I don't want to lose this thought, and it's just a quick one. The problem is I don't think that that is coming from the government at this point. I think it's coming from pressure on businesses from special interest people. The Me Too groups, hey, your, your CEO or your, your, your star of your, you know, your movie has been accused of something. Right. You better get rid of them. If the government was doing that, yeah, absolutely. Whatever side was the one that was like, no, fuck that, I would be voting for, period. And where is the candidate going to come from? The candidate is going to come from that group of people that's perpetuating this. I don't care who it is at this point because whoever they whoever they put forward, I understand what you're saying. This isn't anything to do with the government or the Democratic Party itself. You understand? This is the mob, the congealing, radicalizing mob that's going to produce this candidate. They have to. It's well, going to be it's going to be the the liberal answer answer to Trump. Who is it? Who is the chick in New York who just won the primary against uh, uh, the commie? <laughs> She's a communist, right? I forget I her get- name. Yeah, I forget her name as well. She got crazy eyes, though. But, uh, no, I mean, literally, I've seen, I'm like, even pictures that she's supposed to look good in, I'm like, oh, that bitch looks crazy in the eyes, but whatever. Um, see, I that is what scares me. That's where I agree with you, because that's not people even voting for beliefs. I really, I, I honestly don't think so. Yeah, there's a small group of people who are like, oh, she's she calls herself a communist or a democratic socialist or whatever the fuck she calls herself this week. Yeah, I'm down with that. But it's getting dangerous because then there's people who are just like, oh, well, she's a woman. And, oh, I'm a woman. Right. And it's our time. Imagine it's that. our time to right. fucking take over the fucking planet because God knows women will never fuck anything up. Period. Everything yeah, that- runs smoothly when you got a bunch of women yeah. in power. There are so many indications and trends that I don't foresee. I mean, maybe Joe Biden will come in and save the Democratic Party and bring all of these idealistic liberals back toward the center where they belong. Maybe. I reserve the right to change my mind if that happens. But there are so many trends now that there are so many reasons not to vote for the batshit left, the Green Tea Party. That's becoming the mainstream. It's going to become the mainstream of the Democratic Party. You know, we, we look at what happened with Trump. Nobody thought that Trump was ever going to get be elected. They found their guy, and now that's Trump's party, right? That is, that is not the Republican Party anymore. It's Trump's party. We've talked about this a number of times. Absolutely. The same thing is going to happen on the left. It's already happening. The media, all you have to do is look at the media. Well, Every, it's all there. You know, you know what I'm saying? It's, 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 it's Just looking at the trends... And looking down, you can see where this is going. They don't have their Trump yet. They will. It's interesting because there was a uh, an article that the comment section uh, is a bunch of it was, it was a bunch of it was a, it was pretty much like moderate lefties and the far left going at each other, and the tinfoil hatters come out, which is where it just always gets fucking amazingly entertaining. But I mean, I I, I was kind of like eh, there might be a little bit to it, like. You know, who are the last two candidates the Democratic Party have pushed forward for president? A black man and a white woman. And they could have probably, I mean, who knows polls anymore? I can't try. You can't trust a poll. And I'm I'm out of the prediction game after 2016. But I mean, the numbers were much better for Bernie to win against Trump than it was for Hillary to win against Trump. Mm-hmm. And the DNC pushed for Hillary to get in right. there. 
Yeah. And the DNC has done a very good job of tearing down or casting just enough shade on any up-and-coming male people in their party. And they're pushing this, well, this is the female time. 2020 is going to be the female, you know, the year of the, of the, of the female. And we're going to, you know, we're going to, we're going to have a blue wave in 2018. And then we're going to sweep in on our, you know, magic vagina carpets and take over in 2020. And it's like, are you doing that because you think you can win? Or are you doing that because you're pandering to people? Because I don't believe politicians really, most politicians, I don't think give a shit one way or the other and mean what they fucking say. They're willing to say whatever they can to stay in power. All right. But the problem is that they can get people to believe they mean what they say. That's right. the scary part. And right. that's where I start getting worried about it. Yeah. Like I've said this, people go, oh, how can, how can you say Trump isn't racist? I think Trump's more of an elitist than a racist. Yeah, I do too. I think if you, if you don't make X amount of money and you aren't X amount in society, he looks down his nose at you and he just sees you as a useful idiot. That's it. Doesn't matter what color, what what gender you are. And if you really look at his track record, he had a bunch of women running different aspects of his business. We're talking high up. It was never about, you know, oh, well, you're a woman. You can't do this. That old school boys club GOP. No, it was about, can you make me money? Then go ahead. And when you stop making me money, you're no longer useful to me. You're dismissed. Right. So, I mean, that's, that's the scary part about it is because I do worry, like I've never voted for a candidate based on their gender, their skin color, anything i've never said like aaron said when we started talking about the 2016 election aaron was like this is before trump declared aaron was like it's going to be hillary because people are going to want to want to be part of something historical just mm -hmm. like when they voted uh obama in right they, they don't want to say i voted for the first woman president to me that's a dumb reason to vote for somebody it's ridiculous add a girl <laughs> yeah that's equality oh we got a woman in there add a girl it's like that pilot, you know, that uh, landed that plane after the window blew out and sucked the woman out or whatever. You know, and everybody was drooling and, and having a, a field day over how awesome this female pilot was, who was an accomplished Air Force pilot. Do you think she really enjoyed having her vagina petted? After everything she's accomplished, oh, and a girl, you're a girl. What a nice job by a girl. That would have pissed me off if I were her. And I'm a you know what? pilot, motherfucker. It reminds me a, a fighter, a jet fighter pilot who's yeah. flown combat missions and survived, by the way. Yeah. And, and th that reminded me of the Chris Rock bit where he's like, what the fuck is wrong with Republicans? They get, they get around Colin Powell. Oh, he speaks so well. He's a college educated man. Speak so well is what you say is about someone who's retarded <laughs> who can talk. Right. Motherfucker's a college educated man. Of course he speaks well. What the fuck you think? Expect me to get up there and eat a bucket of fried chicken and grape soda? No. The fuck? What's wrong with you? And rightfully so, he called out the right on that. Yet, yeah. hardly anyone called out the left for their fawning over the fact that 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 Miss Marvel and her uber magic vagina landed this plane. Right. And it's like, what, what? Because she's a woman that shocked you that she landed the plane. She's a fucking professional pilot. That's her job. The woman was skilled. She was a fine ass pilot. I don't care if she's got tits or not. The woman could fly. And everybody, you know, if you're, if you're preaching equality, you should be more concerned about that as well. Because you're just as sexist as anybody if you're singing her praises just because she's a woman. Do you have an inferiority complex? Is that what it is? Well, do you think women can't quite do it? So you have to... Sh I, 
most of us know. That's because a certain segment of the left have, have removed the ability to say anything like, I'm colorblind or I'm genderblind, because they've attributed that to only racist people who really only see color and only see gender say that. Right. You know, it's I- like, okay, all right, so you're going to take another fucking... It's amazing how much the left loves to take... Like, this is their new tactic in, in, in the last 20 years, is to take the ability to say things away from people and also take the ability to explain what they were trying to say because they attribute, no, no, this is what you were trying to say. We know you don't even have to say anything. I used to do that. Sorry. I'm going to give you guys an opportunity. I mean, I know, I know that it, it, it kind of, I don't know if it rubs you guys wrong or it just, it maybe makes you uncomfortable uh, saying that as things said right now, if I were to force to vote in 2020, I'd vote for Trump. Change my mind. Poke some holes in my logic here. I mean, considering, just to reiterate, considering well, I've boiled this down to the forest through the trees, and I see what's fundamental institutions under attack, the culture being attacked from the left. And seeing that, I consider that my top, pretty much my only priority at this point, being a white guy who likes women, <laughs> right? So poke, that, poke, the, poke some holes in that for me. I don't see how we can. I, I mean, uh, we'll have to see... Who's actually going to run against Donald Trump, right? Mm-hmm. Well, who, who else could come forth in that, in that culture and environment? It has to be someone pretty radical, right? I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you, but who knows? I mean, sure. I don't, honestly, I don't think at this point it's going to be anybody we, that's on the tip of our tongue at the forefront of political discussion. It's it, it, not even someone who was trending up like Obama. I mean, Obama made his made his bones to 2004 Democratic National Convention with his speech. I mean, I clearly remember he got done with that speech. He's and a rising even, superstar. Yeah. Even the right was saying that. Yeah. They were like, better watch out for this guy. He could come up on us in 2012, 2016. They just didn't count on him jumping the line in front of Hillary as quick as he did. <laughs> right. Neither did she. <laughs> no, but I mean, I here's Todd, I can't convince you. All I can say is, if the left's offering is just as bad as I think it can be, and I fear it will be, I just have to look at reality, and my life has never really changed much by whoever's been voted in the office. So I'll just choose not to vote. Yeah, I, I can't or, fault you. Or, 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 or I'll do what you said was throwing my vote away and vote third party so I can fucking look myself in the mirror and go, uh, at least you voted your conscience. Because I don't know yeah. anything else to do. I don't know anything else to do. I really don't. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I literally, I feel like I fell for the Obama, you know, the, the Obama trap, you know, and the more I saw he was in there, the more I was like, you got to be kidding me. This is just more of the same. This health care that he went from single payer to a, a, a Massachusetts fucking model for health care. And I'm like, that's going to fuck me over. You're not helping me in the long run. Oh yeah, they don't. They'll accept you because you, you know, your pre-existing conditions now. That's the one good thing you got out of it. The rest of it, it's costing me more money than I can afford, and now I can't even work a full-time job to afford it. I'm gonna work right. two part-time jobs, put more miles on my car, driving all over the place to find these jobs, spend more in gas money. You see where I'm going with this, and that's when I was like, I'm not buying into this shit, and I, yeah. I kind of bought into the Bernie shit. 
but I only did that to the extent of I knew he's not going to he's not going to get half of what he wanted done done. Yeah. That's just all there is to it. He just he's he wasn't going to be a Trump type president where he's just going to I'm going to force it through and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. I've seen the man for decades now on Bill Maher's show on different political talk shows and thus he's had a massive change of heart behind the scenes. He is wanting to compromise too much. Yeah, I mean, even beyond the presidential election, even if, even if Bernie were nominated and elected, as things sit right now, nothing would be done with Congress. Absolutely nothing. With a Republican House and Senate, mm-hmm. nothing would be done. Nothing could be done. It would have been a lame duck presidency. So, anyway, I, mean, yeah, I, I, guess, I, just, I guess we're going to find out before too long. Uh, because I imagine after the the elections this year, we'll see what happens with uh, you know with Congress. See if any anything changes there, and then probably soon after that, we're likely to start seeing people step up and start acting like presidential yeah. candidates on the left. Yeah, it's about two years. But they yeah. but they want they want to see really where the wind is blowing, which direction it's going. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm gonna. Even though I'm not in the prediction business of who's going to win, I'm just, I would not be shocked if Hillary throws her hat once again in the ring. That woman has done everything she could do to keep herself in the public eye for the last two I, years. I think you're right. Yeah, I do too. I mean, if and she had, if, if she had just went on her book tour and did her Oprah, you know, uh, interview and things like that, it'd be one thing, but she has interjected herself way too much into public consciousness there's something going on there in her mind in her mind and i don't know if it'll play out but and the only reason that i say that that's unfortunate it's not because i would rather have trump than hillary i would much rather have hillary i would too but i don't think she has a chance to win i don't either no i think i think people that would have that were would have held their nose and voted for her i think she's left a very bad taste in her mouth with her the whole reason I didn't win is because, you know, white men beat their wives and said, don't vote for Hillary and, or whatever, you know, uh, emotionally abused their wives and bullied their wives into voting, you know, for Trump or whatever. And I'm just like, oh, it was every every reason in the world you could think of to lose the election except for people. I wasn't I wasn't that strong of a candidate. People hate I did, you. <laughs> I didn't I didn't have a platform that inspired people. Right. And people just don't like you, Hillary. I went around and talked down to people and assumed that they were with me or that they were Crow yeah. Magnon. Yeah, deplorables. You know, that's the you thing know, that that, that it, that'll it, get a lot of that'll continue to get a lot of traction with a certain minority of the extreme left. Yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, but it's not going to get. Uh, it's not going to put her in the White House. I can say that if she slithers out of that fucking cave again this time. <laughs> That would be the one thing that might sway me to not vote because depending on her rhetoric and which um, segment of the Democratic Party she plays to, you know, if she encourages the extremism and starts going off on the, you know, uber feminism, the feminaziism (laughs) and things like that, then I probably would still have to vote for Trump. But if she sort of moderates and brings things back at least a little bit towards sensibility. As far as the left goes, I may be convinced to at least sit it out. 
If Hillary just ran on an anti-Trump campaign, I think I'd be satisfied with that. Yeah, that no, that's not good enough. That is not. It's good it's, it's good enough for me. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I'm not going to argue with that. I, I I can see where you're coming from, but I don't I don't know, man. I, they are both despicable human beings in my book. I mean, yeah. it's it it's a holding my nose and grimacing, taking that medicine down either way. Yeah, the only the only thing that's going to really suck me back into voting for a Democrat is the moderating of the extremism. You have to start bringing things back toward the middle. You have got to start getting into a position where we are not at each other's throat. We have to live together. And we've got to figure out a way to scale things back. And if they can, they can take the first step in that direction, fine. I may be you know, inclined or convinced to vote for them. Other than that, the best they can hope for at this point is I sit out. Yeah. Well, it doesn't look like it's a good time to be a moderate or a centrist or a negotiator or any of those things. But I guess, again, you know, time will tell. I guess we'll, we'll, we'll really see in this upcoming election – how much traction these extremists are getting. Are, is this a vocal minority or is this an honest-to-God movement in this country? What are you inclined to believe? Um, you know, I'm kind of torn because I, I think the idealistic side of me, the, the hopeful side is that, you know, we're just hearing a lot from a small amount of people and it makes it seem like they, you know, that because of their their use of their their supposed platform or whatever, that they have a louder voice and that they're speaking for the the, the party, the greater party. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm starting to get really scared. <laughs> like I said, you know, it this this whole path of uh, started with that girl who just embrace the term communism. That's what I was just thinking like, about. Like it was, right. said it like it was, like it wasn't a controversial thing. Yeah. She said it like she didn't say, I like fucking young boys. Oh, I like fucking right. young boys, as a matter of fact. Right, no. right. It's like if, if, if somebody went on, on the news and said, I lo- but I like fucking young boys. But yeah. You don't understand. I'm into this. It, I'm and not sick. And I think it's okay to fuck yeah. young boys. <laughs> Not only that, I think everybody should be fucking young boys. Yeah, you should bring young boys to my house because it's okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it just, the tone deafness, I guess, is an indication of, I, I'm afraid it's an indication, I guess I should say, of where things have already gotten since I'm not in that echo chamber anymore and I try to avoid it as much as I possibly can, that is what I'm kind of using as the indicator. Like, right. really? That's the thing, is, too, is like you always have to balance this with the idea that all this news that's being distributed and, and that you can access at any time is all driven by, by clicks and eyeballs and right. who gets more outraged, you, you know, I'm seeing this girl, she was put on TV because she would say nutty shit like that. Yeah. Right? I don't, I don't really know who she's representing. Right. I don't really know if there's a larger movement. Uh, I mean, this is a, a, a British girl, but, you know, this isn't, I know we've been talking a lot about this in, in the idea of America, what's happening in this country, and understandably so, but this is a western thing oh yeah that's happening 
Yeah. It's not just localized to this this country. Brexit. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the yeah, there's there's a lot of examples out there. No, uh, and I, I mean, there's there's it's not a subject for tonight, but I think it's a subject we need to talk about eventually. We've we've touched on it here and there over the years, but I have to wonder how much of this is just political game playing that's being set up. And it's like, you know what? We don't have to attack people or countries outright to destroy them anymore. We can just set their their own people against each other and watch them rip themselves apart from from the inside. No, we have we have access to that with the internet now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's that, not, that's not even well, a conspiracy. I don't think. I mean, yeah. and it's. It, I mean, we've done it to how oh. many different countries? Sure. I mean, it's it's not like it's a it's a remote fucking experience for anybody. I mean, so it's just. You know, I just, I think it was a Khrushchev that said, you know, we'll tear down America. We'll never fire one shot. Yeah. You know, I, 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 and what, what did, what, what did, what did we do? What did we do with the, with the, with Russia? We gave them blue jeans and rock and roll and said, isn't this better than waiting in line for bread? Mm. I mean, all you have to do is just get enough people to, to just stir the pot. Right. And I really think I, 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 I can't help but think that that's what's going on right now. Right. And especially, especially take a good look at some of these profiles of the more bombastic or uh, outlandish posts that you see, whether it be Facebook or Twitter. Go, di- I mean, go dig in their profiles, and you know you see common English words misspelled, uh, a minuscule friends list one profile picture that looks like it could be any type of like, you know, anything like you, like a picture that you found in a, in a picture frame you bought, right. you know? Yeah. And it's like, wait a minute, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. To the point where there's a, there's a walk, there's a hashtag walk away movement on the right about people who were in the middle and were, were, were more moderate Democrats who've left the democratic party to where they're holding up signs. Like it's 4chan going, you know, the date, the time, Mm-hmm. And I'm not a bot right. because they're trying to prove to people like, oh, no, look, this is for real. This isn't some Russian bullshit. This isn't some 4chan bullshit. I'm just tired of, you know, the garbage. And this is what I'm, you know, I, this is what I did. I turned my back on the party that I've always been a, a member of. Yeah, I don't think there's any question that that's a, that's a thing. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's interesting the way, the way you put that, Rich, because, I mean, certainly I understood the these things separately and certainly there's a lot of history there between the u.s and russia but they really are using the same cold war tactics that we used against them that eventually brought down communism in that country and they're they're using that on us only you know we don't even want to deal with the reality of what's happening here we have one side of the country that's denying that all oh, the Russians they couldn't even do this and they don't have the power and and it's ridiculous that you think that there's all this collusion and on the other side it's the Russians are controlling everything and they're pulling the strings on the president and they're telling him what to say mm-hmm. and 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 playing right into their hands you know it's, <laughs> yeah. it's like a bad season of twenty four or something I don't know any yeah. other way to put it it's yeah, it's just really like, depressing one <laughs> well it's 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 really exposed the sort of the hole in freedom's parachute 
you know, if you have freedom of freedom of information, again, I, we, we don't need to go all the way down this road, but if you can pick and choose what it is you digest and you have someone who knows how to manipulate both sides of that and sow dissension, mm-hmm. you've got a way to rip the fabric of culture in two. If, the, if, if, the, if, if society's not interested in actual facts and actual truth and only having their biases reinforced, it's easy. It's not real hard to do that. Well... You know, I think there's uh, there's a lot of roads untraveled that we could we could go from here. Right, but we didn't get I think to half I think of what we'll, we tried to today. <laughs> I think we'll have to put a pin in it for. Hey, you know what? I had a great time tonight. I think we had an excellent conversation. This is everything that I really wanted to get to the core of that was bothering me this last week. So, uh, yeah, thank you guys. I'll have more for you. I've got a lot more that I, uh, I think this is a, um, in all honesty, I think we should devote uh, a little bit of each show to this, uh, mm-hmm. moving forward. At least, I mean, we probably will anyway. I don't think we need to plan that, but there's yeah. a lot more to this and it's, it, it's frightening, uh, at least to me. And hopefully, uh, I'm not, well, yeah. Right. right. So I guess we'll see where we go next week from here. Until then, uh, people can follow us on Instagram. Um, is that Unregimented Pod? Is that the Instagram? <laughs> I didn't even know you had Instagram. I probably no, wait, maybe, well, Twitter and Facebook, definitely. Maybe we don't have an Unregimented uh, Instagram. I take that back. So, yeah, follow us on Twitter. Uh, look up, just search Unregimented. You'll find us. Right on. Go to uh, upperworldphoto.com and buy a picture, too. I've never mentioned that on here. I'm putting together a bike trip and I need money, so buy a picture, goddammit. Uh, what was that again? Go to <laughs> uh, upperworldphoto.com. It's my photography website. They're pretty Excellent. beautiful and they're well done. Get a little I did plug sell. in there. Yeah, I sold a 24 by 36 Machu Picchu picture a couple weeks ago, so that encouraged me to uh, mention. It's thinking of the it, you watch Glow. Glow? Yeah, the, yeah, there's a wrestler called Machu Picchu. So I was just pitching like her anyway. Oh yeah, she's yeah. That's exciting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Big old thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Anyway, we couldn't end it on a serious note. We need Chris. We need Chris for the closer. Apparently, he has his all like he knows exactly what he's doing. He's like, let's get the fuck out of here. I know. I'm just floundering through this. So let's just sign off and say we'll see you next week. All right. Later, guys. See ya. If you like this show, please tell a friend. Please follow us on Twitter and like and share us on Facebook by searching for Christopher Media. You can subscribe to all ChristopherMedia.net shows for free on ChristopherMedia.net. Please make sure to rate and comment on all your favorite Christopher Media shows. 
Thank you in advance for supporting Christopher Media by clicking on the PayPal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. And thank you for listening. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net.